Oh, wow. Fusco, what an amazing rendition you did. That was, I am so good. I have improved a lot since last week, haven't I? <laughs> Hello, everyone. Uh, that's a couple, of, that's a new tune that I um, I created. It's it, it's called, you will guys will hear this on, on a recording, but uh, and out there live, but it's called, I believe I called it uh, Welcome to 2021. Oh, there you go. So does it end <laughs> so with just, I mean, I six, it ends with uh, 12 months of low G. <laughs> Yeah, I, I kind of I had those those moments in the in, in late at night on the low G side, babes. Let me tell you, you know, it hasn't been a dull moment, brothers. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Chan Rain Podcast. With me, as always, is my bearded co-host, Mister Andy Fusco. That's me. And if you didn't know, I am here to let you know that we'll be using some inappropriate language today. So you have five seconds to something else. That's five, four, three, two, one. Fuck! Fuck's sake. Listeners so can far, so far my channel. So, so far, so channel. good with Seamus. Uh, <laughs> listeners can review the show on iTunes, Podbean, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, whatever you listen to your podcast. You can send us emails and voicemails to be played on air. You can like us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or if you're Australian, Snapchat or Fusco's OnlyFans. <laughs> Perfect place to which go. Which is hopefully coming out soon. We need the we need the additional revenue stream. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, check out the Channerant store at channerant.com. This episode. Brought to you by our patrons, the wonderful people who usually pay to watch this while you all cheap fucks are watching it for free for March. <laughs> you lucky bastards. You lucky, lucky dogs. <laughs> so if you are interested in this, become a patron at patreon.com slash channerant. Five bucks a month, one stream a week, plus behind the scenes shenanigans and discounts on merch. Last but not least, invite and share with your friends, Mr. Andy Busco. It's not my open, I swear no, it's, it's even. Not. I know it is. <laughs> You know what? Uh, you know I what? Love really, Josh, good job, baby. Don't hold back. Yeah, people. Thanks, pay. man. Just pay. Thank Just pay. You. Just get in there. Uh, you know what really funkies my cool Medina? What's that, Josh? How long it's been since I've seen our good friend, Mr. Seamus Coin, who is our guest today? I know it's been years, and it's it's way too long. Way too long. Way too long to see my <laughs> brother from another mother. Ah, beautiful boys. Thank you. Thank you. Very kind words. How you doing, bro? Not too bad, mate. Not too bad. Hanging in there pretty well. Good, good. So we're going to... So the, the way this usually... Seamus, you've never really heard our show, correct? I heard bits and pieces of it, but not the whole show. <laughs> Just the legends. He's, heard, he's probably heard of us. Of us, yeah. People have said, oh yeah, my gosh. I've heard cons- the good stuff. The stuff that a lot of people shouldn't hear is the stuff I hear. Okay, okay so good. let's leave it there. Good. Yeah. yeah, we have a lot of enemies out there, but that's okay. So do you, and that's what we're going to get into today. <laughs> but the, the idea of the, what we're going to do for the next, I don't know, 10 minutes is go over some yeah, news just, and notes. And we got we emails. got some housekeeping shit to do real quick. And then most of the day is just going to be uh, us shooting the shit. Yeah, shooting shit with you, talking a little bit about your past, maybe your future. I don't know if they're, you know, we'll see where that, where yeah, that goes. Man. But uh, that's well, so far I'm around. alive, so the future holds pretty good, guys. So, so <laughs> that's, far, so good. That's yeah. always, it's always a plus. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, so real quick, I just want to say that Free March continues. Uh, obviously, we have the wonderful Seamus Coin today. What was the next week? Callum. Callum is next week, and then Ross. I think Ross closes us out, right? Correct. Wow, we're doing some good, some goodies. Uh, Callum Beaumont, I take it, or Callum Callum yeah, yes. Callum Beaumont, and Ross Miller are the the last two for free March. Yeah. So everyone gets to tune okay. in for those, and then um, we're back to we're back to closing the pay gate on just, all of you. I just want to say, Big Rab is like he's, two weeks ahead. He's of this, two weeks yeah. ahead of everything, except he does not have Seamus Coin. And I tell you what. I feel like we we've done we, better. We won. We've we've definitely won. We won the yes. podcast. Uh, games. You guys are two gentlemen. <laughs> yes, he could reach out, but he probably knows I'm way too busy to do other things. But yes, I do have a moment for him. But thank you, two gentlemen. 
Thanks. I'm excited. Uh, and, you know, I'm excited for when we have Ross on. I won't hang up on him this time, I promise. No. <laughs> I tell you what, I'm excited to talk to Callum because I guarantee you what the things I'm going to get into have nothing to do with his With his little, his little sales pitch. <laughs> his, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, there's a lot of good things that the, the, the good man's doing because I, I stay in touch with him quite a lot. We're very, very tight. So uh, it's, it's like the brotherhood. We're, yeah, uh, it probably won't be a 30-minute sales pitch for the bagpipecoach.com. No, that's not going to happen. Go, you well, a lot I, of good you know things. You know what we should do? Every, right through the roll with the punches. You well, know? We'll so. ask a question, let him go into it, and then just keep interrupting him. Just not let him get into it. <laughs> no ad reads unless it's our ad reads. <laughs> um, but yeah, speaking of ads, we mentioned Patreon at the beginning. You should do it. One of our patrons has written us an email uh, regarding... Oh God, which episode was this? I think... It, this was a while back because he's he's referring to us calling Mark Zuckerberg a cunt on the which show. Which I don't remember, but... It was okay. a while ago. I think it was like maybe 153. Wow. Um, so uh, he says, <laughs> afternoon, you testicle tickling fucktards. Let's get this one started. First of all, how dare you call Mark Zuckerberg a cunt in episode 153, Palming Fusco's Balls? I find this completely unacceptable. I have worked my ass off to be known as a cunt, and you guys take it upon yourselves to add him to the prestigious cunt club <laughs> just because he came <laughs> up with a social media platform when he doesn't like something. Is this like a kid saying, sorry, I can barely read this thing because it's so small. Is this like a kid saying I'm taking the ball home as he bans my fellow cunts? <laughs> I would like to reiterate that, that Zuckerberg is not good enough to join myself and the other fellow cunts. He can be placed in the twat waffle category. <laughs> Next rant. <laughs> if Doogie replied to email. Should uh, this be free? Email at all. Yeah, <laughs> he would have signed up to, to the Piper's Jojo. One, he sends me emails, but when I send him one back, it's like trying to plate piss getting a reply. I don't know what that means. I don't either. Uh, <laughs> new ad read for Dojo. Do you want to know what it's like for something to suck less but don't want to get married? <laughs> uh, Josh, I think it's more on the piss side than the plate side, so it's far more the piss side. Probably more the piss side. If you answered yeah. yes, then sign up to the Dojo's $1 premium test drive. Hashtag bring back Fast Eddie. Hashtag bring back Cahill's Corner. Hashtag one of the six. Hashtag F.U. Joe Brady. Hashtag Rabby the Pooh. Until next time, kind regards, Stefan. <laughs> wow. A lot to unpack there. <laughs> I don't remember any of this, so I'm just going to let it go. Yeah. Except yeah. that I like the part where in his email to us, he included an ad read. An ad read. For, so I can just cross <laughs> that off the list. I don't have to do it. Go to chinnerant.com slash suckless and you can join the Piper's Dojo. Yeah, $1 premium test drive, man. <laughs> uh, yeah, I like the... Okay, fine. I so we will, we will officially move Zuckerberg at Stefan's request from the cunt category to the twat waffle category. Perfect. I think that's fair. Oh, uh, Josh, you're such a gentleman. You, you actually do appease the customers well very nicely. Well <laughs> Custo- Hey, yes. cu- we do yes. customer yes. service at Channerant Podcasts. <laughs> like, no, like none other. You do customer In service. Fact, we and do, I you service, service customers. Busco's <laughs> <laughs> hey, serviced a few of them. Yeah. Hey, being really mildly famous has served me well. Yeah, uh, you've, you've certainly, uh, <laughs> the days of me not taking you seriously have come to a middle, <laughs> I would say. Uh, you, you fucked your way into like the first 15 percentile. <laughs> uh, speaking of the first 15 percentile, have, Discord, baby. I have a question. Oh, yes, sir. We should bring this up with Callum. Who do you think gets more tail, Callum Beaumont or me? Single Callum Beaumont. Now that he's 110% you. I would bet on me too. Yeah, because you got to keep it in mind, like he's been engaged for two years. You you basically have any port in a storm tattooed on your back. 
<laughs> like <laughs> that's my Andy, next tattoo. I'm a good touch of babe. You got the style and you got the beard going for you. The beard so as well. It's right, all man. about. But I'm going to tell Callum. Your head just based on that, brother. <laughs> I'm going to tell Callum, grow a beard, bro. Grow a beard. If, you, if you're trying to crush <laughs> greatest piper, arguably one of the greatest pipers in the world, and you had a beard, yeah, you'd be swimming in it, bro. <laughs> that's true. It's it's so painfully true. Oh Jesus. I had to, oh, I had to, yeah. I had to do sunglasses just so I had a thing, <laughs> right? Yeah. So people, so people were like, oh, like which one's Fusco? Oh, he's the guy with the beard. Which one's Josh? Oh, he's the guy with the sunglasses. <laughs> Josh is actually he's the, the he's the behemoth with the shades. <laughs> usually, Josh, Josh is described as boy. You're the clean cut guy. Right. Yeah. There you go. In my experience, Josh is usually described as oh, the other one. Yeah. <laughs> the, the one that doesn't play as much. Right. <laughs> But uh, we're going to get into that because Seamus was a significant influence to my piping, which is amazing. And we're going to talk about that, too. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, the only other thing I have here is uh, plug the store. Um, new merch coming one day. Oh, I realized today we never posted the bikini pictures. Well, we never got final. Pi- well, did we get we final did. pictures? Yeah, of- they needed a little bit of editing. Right. We but, definitely um, need to post We those. need to post those. If for nothing else, just Instagram fodder. Like our friends went through the trouble of doing it. Well, we never got. What's we never his, got Eric. We never got Eric. Not. Officially, we got yeah. a test. Sure, you know what, guys? It just sucks being you two. It's oh, rough, man. So, just let me get the violin out of for sympathy. There's <laughs> hey, no sympathy. You guys have got this down. You would just good. think that when Excuse you send me. free Chanarant bikinis to your friend, hot friends to model, that they would, you know, turn well, it around. She, she did it. Yeah, or she hot did friend it. did yeah, it. Hot friend did it. The, the other the, guy didn't. The large male that we asked to model him uh, <laughs> did not yet. I, I, we can get him to do it. Dude, I'll just send him another shirt. I sent him like so 17 fun. shirts. I can't believe he's not doing it yet. Yeah. Uh, and then, uh, speaking of the dojo, uh, Fusco, I don't know if you saw this today, but the first episode of Josh and Brad beat the dojo launched today. I noticed that it existed. I have not watched it, but what, what was that? Well, okay. So this is, um, taking place over on plug my Josh's, YouTube channel, okay. which is what mm-hmm. Josh plays pipes okay. on YouTube. And that's uh, ironic. So me and me and beer boy were drunkenly having a conversation one night about how uh, the Dojo University like course system is kind of like a video game. It has achievements. And it's stuff. got achievements and things. Mm-hmm. And so right, we, right. and we're both video game nerds, mm-hmm. me and him. Uh, hard to imagine, I know. Um, so we decided, hey, what if we tried to 100% the Dojo? <laughs> I love the idea. There's no way it's going to happen. There's but no I love way. Because content comes out faster yeah. and you can do it, right? Like, It's not that. It's because you have to be like, you have to, Dude, you have to like you have so to be like stuff. a pro level yeah. player to pull it off. So uh, so mm. we're we are now doing a weekly series. Uh, the first episode dropped today, and it's just kind of explaining what the hell it is. And then during the week, we're doing quick little clips after we do dojo shit, talking about what we did and whatever. And we're competing every week for points to see who gets more points at the Piper's Dojo. Okay, I fucked this up so far because Why? I started with zero points. He started with like twenty something. That's all. And I started going through like the beginner stuff because I'm like, when I say 100%, I mean, I'm doing all You got to do everything. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so I'm like, okay, he may have more points than me for the first couple of weeks, but he's yeah. eventually going to have to go back Correct. and do all the fucking tedious beginner shit and listen to 17 hours of Doogie Talk like I have this week. <laughs> yep. The first chapter. Is Josh, that's why you're ahead, brother. That's why you're ahead. <laughs> He'll so get there. It's going to be interesting. So yeah. I'm going to be behind for a couple of weeks and then I think I'm going to edge in. But yeah, so uh, and we're that's the whole thing. It's like a video game theme thing where we're just going to try to like aggregate points in the dojo university and it's and it has a nice byproduct of us practicing and i get to hang out and chat with my friend brett that's amazing i love this yeah that's the most important thing should be fun that's the key thing right there man and then that's our dojo's ad the only other thing i had was st patty's is coming up man uh wednesday i'm fucking stoked i am so excited to go play 
We're going to play some places. I have volunteered for every gig that comes up. Can you imagine actually playing some places? Yeah, well... You uh, and I have definitely done that. And gee, Josh, you're others. such a sweetheart. I just want to go. I just want to go outside, Seamus. I you just want to go outside. I, I get it, brother. I get it. Man. I just want to drink beer and play music with my friends. Get out there to the public and, 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 and get the channel going and the way we go, right? St. Patrick's Day month. It's not just St. Patrick's Day. It's the St. Patrick's Day month. And Andy knows that, man, being on the East Coast, babe. Absolutely. You understand New York side of that. It's a you whole You celebrate the thing. whole month. Yeah. I have friends in New Jersey that are playing like... Like every day from like probably yesterday well, until next Friday. Fuck it. Happy St. Patrick's Day, <laughs> then, Fusco. Happy St. Yes. Patrick's Here's Day, Seamus. There we go, brother. Fuck yeah, buddy. But, uh, but, uh, but uh, from Jersey, what exit? Oh, <laughs> he's North Jersey, but I don't remember exactly. Yeah, baby, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so every that's time. All I- every time, Andy. Every time. So, yeah. so what are your uh, what are your St. Patty's traditions that you enjoy, Seamus? Jesus. Uh, since since leaving New York way back in the day, uh, it was always it was always a pleasure, you know, taking care of all the Emerald Society pipe bands and, and be a part of the, the crew and, and have a really good celebration. Uh, but coming back to L.A., it's been really low key. I only do maybe one or two personal spots on places that the owners know me very well and just want me to go in and do a few things and and have a blast. But I don't do much on that day, guys. I try to just take it back, have a few whiskeys, a couple of pints, and uh, take it in that way. But no, I don't bar hop, no. You're, those days are behind you? Uh, well, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I say that, I'd rather give it to you young gentlemen, you young bucks, man. I'd rather say yes. Yeah. I don't need to really do a lot of that. What are you, what are you talking about, um, you young gentlemen? It's me and Fusco. Yeah, There's only one young guy in here. Gentlemen, man. You guys have got it together where you can go out and have a little fun and put it all together, and, and I give you that. But me, no. Nah, I, I take it in with a nice couple of couple of shots and, and, and a couple of bottles, and that will do me for the day. You hang out in the garage and just jam and... Yeah, studio work, uh, stuff I do, and, um, you know, just take but to take some time, like last year, like being the pandemic year, but, you know, I basically, when everything got shut down, it was, you know, the unique part of it, it happened just day before St. Patrick's Day, how a lot of my mates lost a lot of jobs, it went, it went bar hopping, the bars were shut down. Brother, I just got the bot out and had a few shots and just took it in very gently and very quietly, <laughs> you know, say, hey, happy St. Patrick's Day to the world, and happy St. Patrick's Day to the United States. Hey, this is where it's at right now, you know? So like gig- That's what I did on the 17th of last year. Yeah. I just chilled out, opened the door a little in the studio, and just took it in. Yeah. Really, so, so that's like what I did. gigging isn't a big part of your uh, life these days? Not so much. Um, I, I I guess just because of the, uh, I know the popularity of just teaching quite a bit. I'm teaching around the world. I'm not just teaching in the States now, and I've, I think you guys pretty much know a lot of that. But, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm on – since the – seriously, guys, since the shutdown um, – and I don't kid you not. I feel like a, a doctor in an RN. I was teaching 12 hours a day, six days a week. Yeah. Three screens on, plus all my recording stuff, all the book, all the tunes I bring out. And I, I do have a book four coming out this year. But yeah, everyone double up on lessons, guys. I was already prepared because I do a lot on internet, but 90% of my business is on the internet. Right. Uh, I was just, it was just double up on lessons. The Monday, Wednesday, Fridays, the Tuesdays and two, Thursdays things, the weekends. I only had like one day off, you know, but it just doubled up. We're on the different time zone. I was actually going 12 hours a day on, on just lessons. It was, 
it was good, but exhausting. And I kid you not. <laughs> I, I kid you not. I understand. Let's say you could you could sympathize. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I do. Very, something very similar. When COVID hit, like I got actually busier. It's like re- remarkable. Like what. I didn't expect and, that and I at have all. To say, it, it was a bad pandemic. We get to understand it. But for me, it was a really good year to say that it didn't stop me. And it just did the opposite. Where I thought I might take it easy, play play more tunes or get in studio work, play the pipes more on all my tunes, which I am doing. I thought it would just be that and just take it easy. No, it just did the opposite. It just, 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 just went the other way. Damn. Wow. That, that's pretty cool, though. Like, you're, you're, uh, as as I am, I'm taking advantage of everyone's pain and <laughs> and lining, bringing it, bringing lining in the, your pockets, lining my pockets, bringing in the money. Oh, there you pain, go. And, pain and goodness, Sandy. Pain and goodness, baby. Absolutely. Well, I mean, does it does it count as taking advantage of their pain? Like, I'm assuming people are getting better, right? Like, yes. hopefully. Yes, oh yeah. I, actually, I'm finding that because this is what I found, Seamus. Maybe you could talk to this, but what I found in teaching students because there's no scramble to get something done for a specific reason, even though there's a negative side to that as well, but that we have more time to get people into the details that people are coming along actually faster because we can focus on smaller, more important fundamentals for longer periods of time versus like, Oh my God, my MSR is next week. Let's just hammer the shit out of that. And then let me, let me just play it 17 times in a row instead of breaking it down and actually fixing it. I found because we have more time, we're getting more done. Do you, are you finding that true or how are you? And a very good point. Seriously, on a serious note on that. Yeah, I found it. It is a bit more relaxed and I did changed up a lot of the schedules and a lot of what people wanted because of what was going on that a lot of people that were almost every day of the week or just every other day, I would, I would just curtail it to their interests and what they wanted to do. And it was more time given them more tunes, uh, you know, Rolodex of new tunes. They never thought they'd ever play, uh, get into other areas of music that they never thought they'd get into 2020 allowed that it opened that bridge where I said, listen, guys, we, we know that a lot of contests probably in March, we didn't really think, but we probably knew that things are going to get canceled. A lot of the Highland events are going to get canceled. A lot of a lot of the competition events are going to get canceled. Just due to what we have to do in the guidelines of CDC, we have to do this. Guys, we're in a very volatile situation throughout the world, not just the United States. So, you know, it, it got to a point where we might want to change this up a bit, Andy. You're right. We might want to change this and let's do something different that we normally wouldn't do. Because what are you gearing up to? The Vegas games, Costa Mesa games, hypothetically speaking, or the Pleasant... We're probably not going to have these games, and they're probably going to shut down for the obvious reasons. So let's get into things that you haven't done before that we can actually, you know, really help you with. It gives you more time. Joss, it did all those things. It it, it made it where people said, God, this is a lot better. The lessons are curtailed just a little differently, but it opened them up, and it it became fun. It wasn't just the, the intense side, but it was the fun side with a little bit of intensity, but people got more involved. It wasn't as if I'm getting ready for a contest. Like you said, Andy, I'm getting ready to smack out this MSR. It was basically in the period of weeks, let's play this MSR the way you really should play it. Mm-hmm. Let's play the hornpipe and jig the way you want to play it. Is there a hornpipe and jig you want to learn? Is there an MSR you'd like to learn? Is there anything that you haven't you have been taught you would like to go through? This would be the time to do it. Right, exactly. You know? Yeah, it's a good point. So you've picked up a more like a lot more students since all this happened? All 
Yeah, I'm pretty much on a, a scale of uh, not on not, just not just the North American side on on the world scale. I got about 22 to 23 students. What I'm, inter- uh, what I'm interested in. on that. So I'm on on time zones that get me from 10 o'clock at night till three in the morning, sometimes right. four. Some have moved their schedules where I can work at four or five in the afternoon. So Shane Bone could get to bed at a reasonable <laughs> midnight. midnight to me would be like nine o'clock for for most normal people. Right. So, you know, some have changed. The shame is, hey, can you do four or five your time, California time, where we can do 11, 10 in the morning, which is like 20 hours, 20 hours there. Later, like I have a, a student in New Zealand, I have one in Australia that are two hours behind, but behind each other. But it was perfect. And said, we want to do something for you, Shame, so you're not up late doing the things that you're doing. Sure. And I said, hey, I'm all for it. You know, so if it turns out better, I'm, I, I could use that. Thank you. Yeah. And it would be nice to get the bed before midnight or a little after. You know, <clears throat> what, so what I but find, I'm so used uh, to doing it because I curtail it to them because I'm used to teaching them because of their hours and the zone. So that's what made it popular. And it's just the emails came popping in, Andy. And, you know, it's just because they know each other. One knows, hey, I heard what you're doing, Seamus. Are you willing to do it here? Right. Uh, and I just uh, I just kept it open and right. it just went from there. You know, what I find interesting is that you're teaching people in China and Hong Kong, correct? Mm hmm. Like that, I got, what, I got one in Bangkok and uh, around the globe into Australia, New Zealand. As I work my way to Europe, yes. What's your what, what's the piping scene in like those areas? Like the, I guess it's Far East Asia. I don't know, like what you call yeah, that. But. Yeah, they're not they're not bad, believe it or not. They're very actually very good students, studious. They've actually studied under other uh, teachers. You know, some have went to the piping center, when some have uh, actually got their degrees in the UK. And I've just actually came home. Um, and like uh, to Beijing, uh, for instance, I teach a brother and sister uh, that basically uh, have, have gotten their education overseas. And it's just love pipes. And mm-hmm. they, they learn uh, from, from other instructors. And, and, and they actually knew the person I knew that I teach in Hong Kong. So it basically was a, a tenement of what they would do to email me based on the course of someone I do know. Um, and it just, basically a lot of it comes down to technique, um, you know, the musicality and that's pretty much a universal language. I mean, not that I can speak Chinese and other words I have picked up. I kind of have them speak English and I speak Chinese. Let's kind of reverse the roles here for a bit, you know, have a little fun with it. But it basically, I've, I've, uh, it's a lot doing with music and and, and phrasing and, 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 and doing their best. Piping wise, that's kind of a universal language, man. You sure. know, you can kind of pick up where they are, and they're very good at speaking English, so it's a little bit of both languages. So that's cool. Yeah. So, so when someone blows the attack <laughs> in Hong Kong, and I shout "cunt," is that the same word? Yeah. How do you say "get fucked, mate" in yeah, Chinese? How, how, how do you say "fucking <laughs> take a lap"? <laughs> take a lap. Yeah. Hello, hello, brothers. Uh, they're, they're very kind people not to tell me the words that I should probably shameless would pick on in, in, in Chinese language. But yeah, I would say no, I do not know those. But I'm sure under the circumstances they would if I were to ask. But Shame- no, I haven't. Seamus, so. uh, ask them just for me how to say, listen, <laughs> listen mate, I'm going to throw you off the boat in Chinese. Yeah. <laughs> but we'll get into what that is. Uh, I, need, I need to know I how to say sell your pipes and kill yourself. <laughs> I try to do that any when I'm on screen because I do it's like if I could reach through the screen and choke their asses, believe me I would. So yeah, they would be in Hong Kong River if that was the case. 
Seamus's way, it would happen already, you know. But I need to get the <laughs> the, the vernaculars and the language to go right. with it. Yes, I will look. Or how do you server. how do you I'll, connect the uh, how do you connect the shock collar to a outside <laughs> server <laughs> so it goes all the way across the yeah, world? I can, just, I can just hit a when I'm teaching someone via Zoom, I can just hit a button. <laughs> gentlemen, let me let me tell you, gentlemen. I, I I've been asking Santa for a long time. It's been like six or seven years. So I'm looking for that gift where I can reach in and choke the student when he do something wrong. So I want that Star Trek. Moved where I could just get in and do what I need to do, and and be that Tron, Shame Master Tron that you've noticed. <laughs> I want to be that guy. So I'm telling Santa, please, this will be the eighth year. I would like that gift so I could shock the students. So please give it to me. And that way, I, I could say, Shame, you can't do anything to me. You're on a screen. But you know what? I am a monitor near you. Trust me. Not just a channel near you. I'm a monitor. I will get into you. Trust me. <laughs> Listen, people, you've never you've never uh, been threatened until you've been threatened by Seamus. I'm just going to I'm just going to, you know, get like <laughs> the emergency contact so of the well. student, you know, tricks, get the he emergency contact drugs. of the you student. Be like, Can you walk in the next room and smack him upside the fucking head? <laughs> <laughs> just get their significant other yeah. that they live with or whatever. <laughs> I'm sorry, honey. I didn't. Seamus told me I Seamus had to do this. Me. Yeah. <laughs> It's okay to blame Seamus. It's all right, guys. It says I take the heat for all you guys. So that way you don't get smacked. You know, I, I said just blame Seamus. What a yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure wives and some girlfriends around the world definitely feel that way. So it's okay. I'll take it for you, brothers. That's no cool, problem. man. I always I always use you as an excuse. It's great. Like I, good. It's it's, it's Seamus' fault. No, I'm an asshole as a pipe major. Very good. I can see that. <laughs> well, actually, we Ed, should that that segues us pretty nicely into talking about kind of Seamus's influence on your pipe majoring. But before we yeah. get to that. We have to acknowledge this lovely shirt that you're wearing. Uh, I was waiting for somebody to notice it. <laughs> I wasn't going to say anything. <laughs> well, it does look good on you, but I wasn't going to say anything. Sorry, Andy. Sorry, I didn't say anything. Uh, but do you go see what ahead it says? It in. What does it say? Yeah, so Fusco's wearing a nice shirt that says, Pay the women. Yes. Do you know why? Do you have any Yes, idea? I do. Oh, you do know. Okay. I'm aware. I'm aware of what happened. <laughs> so, so do you want to illustrate this? So... Everybody would have just heard this because it just came just out. Just came audio. out a little while ago, but yeah. it was like a month ago now. <laughs> but Kelly and I got into it over uh, women in sports, mm-hmm. which um, and I remember starting the conversation. I don't remember where it went. So you were pretty ham, probably pretty offensive. You, it's always it's always a bad sign when Fusco comes in and sits down for sits down for a recording of the episode and says, "I have nothing else to do today." I'm going to get drunk. <laughs> oh, please, baby, please. You're that's lucky today because I have somewhere to go. To and I'm sitting there like when that like when that happens, I'm like, all right, so it's going to be a shit show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, right. Yeah. Andy, we know what's going through your head, baby. We oh, know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Everybody knows. They know me well too. at this point. Really? But yeah. uh, so anyway, we got into it about women's sports. Yeah. Outside of the show, I got into a little discussion with some people. Yeah, I'm about to say between between Andy and Kelly, I'm sure you can both figure out who landed on which side. <laughs> and uh, this yeah, is only is this this shirt in particular <laughs> is only for the women's soccer team. It was proven to me that the women's soccer team brings in more money than the men's soccer team. So someone out there went through the trouble yep. to actually uh, prove prove you wrong. Go through the research. Well, prove me wrong in one exception, but whatever. Okay. But I was willing to take my punishment like a man. And uh, yes, you're right. The women's soccer team brings in more. I was hoping to get a jersey. I was, I wanted one of those Lesbo chicks jersey, jersey with her name on the back. Well, you heard it. You heard it here first, audience. (laughs) Uh, You know the mailing address. So send me one of those, those hot bras that that, uh, likes to go down on other broads. 
and uh, send me that shirt. But uh, he's a, he's a size dad bod. <laughs> you're going to be up a little later than myself, pal. You're going to be you're going to be used to my hours. Oh, I'm going to get all kinds of hate mail. Don't worry. You're already there, bro. He's a he's a extra medium. <laughs> medium plus. Yeah, medium plus. <laughs> But uh, oh, anyway, man. you know, hey, I Josh, in the end, in, Josh, that was good. Woo! In the end, all I care about is fairness. Yes, if women bring in more more money, then pay them equal or better than men, uh, obviously, or whatever the rough equivalent to the ad sales. <laughs> you know where that yeah. definitely doesn't happen is uh, bagpiping podcasts. No, definitely <laughs> not. <laughs> the, the women are not paid as equal. Um, but yeah, so I just wanted to acknowledge before we go down the rabbit hole. I want to acknowledge this beautiful. At least they sent you a decent shirt. Like I get crap from Charleston Pipe Band. That's a nice shirt. Yeah, this is a nice shirt actually. It, it fits well. It's like soft. That soft cotton is nice. Like Josh. our like the shirts in the Chanarant store. It's apparently uh, from Josh, Chicago uh, for some reason. I don't Josh, know why. Yes, sir. Josh, to, to coin a phrase, the hole. Yes. <laughs> Wait, which hole? Sorry, mate. But which, which hole are we talking Josh, about? <laughs> But, but I, uh, I just want to—I just want to remark to the world. I will come out now and say I've you, seen the light. You have not listened to the episodes. I'm, you don't know what you're in trouble for. <laughs> I have no idea. But I'm fully supportive <laughs> of women's issues. Um, white women everywhere. I am on your side for <laughs> being the most oppressed, <laughs> being the most oppressed minority in all of society. Busco, hero to Karens everywhere. <laughs> I will support God, all Karens so if it gets me laid. Daddy, I'm on so your side. Beautiful. Yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Yes. Uh, uh, much hey, like much you, like you, Fusco's hey, penis hey, would like to speak to the manager. <laughs> exactly. But uh, it's only going to be one choice word coming out of that one. Yes, <laughs> it's only one word you're going to think of in that one. Ah, I never see the word. But let me say, Andy, you're right. If, if they could do it better, absolutely, I'm all for women's rights. If they do better than than, than themselves, then that's fine. God bless him. This episode of the Chanarant Podcast is brought to you by McClellan Bagpipes, proudly made in North America by artesian bagpipe maker Roddy McClellan from Eust, Scotland. At McClellan Bagpipes, they don't strive to be the biggest, fastest, or the cheapest. They do, however, meticulously craft a small number of the best-sounding and most beautiful-looking bagpipes in the world since their beginning in 1988. Over the years, McClellan Bagpipes has established a solid reputation for rich, warm, and stable tone, created with incredible craftsmanship and instruments of heirloom quality and unparalleled beauty. Head to BespokeBagpipes.com to learn more about their innovations like the new Elevation Chanter, which features a lower-pitched richness inspired by the classic top hand of older chanters and sustainable solutions like the Revelation Bagpipe, a Delrin instrument featuring bores lined with a cellulose polymer sleeve giving you the structural benefits of a Delrin instrument while maintaining a refined wood-like sound. Check out McClellan Bagpipes' diverse line of instruments and learn more about their restoration work on vintage bagpipes by visiting their website at bespokebagpipes.com. McClellan Bagpipes, born in Scotland, made in the USA. Uh, Josh, you're looking good, mate. You're looking good, man. Uh, yeah. How's, how's, life, how's life been? It's been um, like getting repeatedly kicked in the dick for 12 months, but with a smile. <laughs> <laughs> Never fully dressed. On the bright there. side, I have used my spare time to get into pretty decent shape, so that's helped. That's good. Minus, good for you, man. It's good. You're keeping healthy. You look, you look good, man. And Andy, you do too. By the way, how have you been keeping? Uh, I've been keeping. It's been going all right. Um, you know, can't complain. Yeah, yeah, you're looking good too. You're very healthy, so I mean, you, you guys like, are doing doing the right thing. I hide I hide it under the beard. Like every part of us is healthy except for our minds and livers. 
Yes, the liver is a terrible. <laughs> Well, you know what John Wayne once said? A liver yeah, is a terrible thing to waste. Bad. The liver's taking a beating, but the mentality <laughs> and the comedy side keeps on going. Absolutely. Yeah, you know us, Seamus. <laughs> All right, boys. You ready to rock? I'm ready. I'm Come ready back. to rock. Go ahead, go ahead and go, brothers. Go ahead and go. All right. We're going deep. That's fine with me. <laughs> Hard and deep. <laughs> Just like they like it. The Welcome woman. back. Uh, thank you for people who are hanging out during the chat. And thank you to our magnificent sponsor, McClellan Bagpipes, for being, you know, a sweet fucking set of bagpipes. Yeah. It's amazing. Yes. And you got you got a lovely set of those yourself. I do. I, I, I play a set of the McClellan Revelations, and I've played them a lot, and they sound good, and they're easy to play, and my life is good. I can't wait to hear them on St. Patrick's Day. I'm going to play the fuck out of them on St. Patrick's Day, and I'm very <laughs> excited. <laughs> it seems like, uh, Andy, he's really definitely ready for St. Patrick's Day. Josh is in the he's mode. He's desperate is ready to, to get go. the hell out. I am, uh, hey, I like to think of myself... As, as for the vast majority of the time, very much a team player when it comes to pipe band. Mm-hmm. That's right, true. Right. As most people, I will be the should f- be. I will be the first person to jump on the grenade in pipe band situations. <laughs> you have done very well in the biggest pipe band, pal. You've been very good about that, and I, I can contest to that absolutely. Yeah. Oh no, I quit yeah. that band, Seamus. I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, the moment that I was there teaching the band, when, when the illustrious Andy Fosco came up with the term that everyone seems to love all over the world, you were doing pretty good. <laughs> Which term is that, Seamus? Oh man! The one the about one that says Seamus must be experienced. Oh yeah! No, man, you can't tell, I can't tell you how many people's email messenger on that damn term and what we put out there on Facebook. Oh my God! And yes. bringing back that moment. Oh, here it goes again. <laughs> cannot that, cannot that be is, t- that explained. That is your baby. That is your limelight guy. Oh that yeah! That is it. Like That's I, your ticket. Every once in a while, I get something right, and that one I just got right. <laughs> Oh, Mostly it's wrong. But. Everyone loves it, Andy. Everyone loves you for it. That is the one of the best quotes, man. That we got. I got on. I got it on my site because it's it's great. The way you worded it, absolutely, <laughs> babe. You nailed that. One. Hits it on the head, Seamus. That reminds me. I have this whole plan to do a Seamus meme thing going forward. I wanted to wait for this episode to go for, to to happen. Are you okay with me using your image in meme form? Oh, absolutely. I'm all for it. Okay. If I could think of anyone to do it, it would be you. We just need so so there's a there's a theory in animation. Oh yeah? That there's only <laughs> that there's only a certain number of expressions. There's like thirty seven expressions you have to draw to animate a character properly. Oh, okay. So all we need is for the shame bone to send us all those expressions in image format and then boom, your meme library is ready to go. <laughs> It could be it could be hashtag Seamus says. <laughs> Dude, I've got a bunch of pictures of Seamus from band things that I Yeah, you got the band you got the band quotes and the pictures of me, man. The, I do. the, the nonchalant ones, you know. They're definitely out of character, but I just sit there and I I, I start nailing people. Oh yeah. yeah. Well, you got, I've been working on this for like got a month. It all in that portfolio, buddy. One of my one of my favorite ones was like the fucking hold it and fucking hold it. Go make a sandwich. Come back. Right. <laughs> Go make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich <laughs> while you're holding that note. That was one of Seamus's quotes. We're oh, I was I was dying. Yeah, Josh, you remember. That's so beautiful. You see, I told you. I was dying it was so it was so perfect <laughs> he's got he's full of them and i've recruited friends of ours that know Seamus well to supply quotes and funny rem- memories and stuff 
It's going to be great. Seamus, I'm going to make you famous. Or way more famous than you already are. <laughs> God bless you. I'm, gl- I'm glad that I've passed on the responsibility of making other bagpipers popular. You, take, you know, you I, I want to pay it for it. You take the role, baby. You do good with it. You do good with it. So we have some questions for you, Seamus. A little pre-question. We'll see where it goes. We're kinda, we'll freeform this a bit, but we have some things to head us in a direction, perhaps. But... Um, so some of the easy ones, we'll just get a conversation started if that's okay. But uh, I, I'm curious, like you're, a, you've been playing pipes. Let's see, how, how long have you been playing pipes now? 50 years? When was the Revolutionary 55. War? I turned 55, so I've been playing 51 and a half years. Yeah, you started when you were three-ish, three and a half, right? Yeah, There's, three and a half years. The, your first book has a picture of you walking like a, as a, toddler with a channer if i remember correctly that yeah, was it the yeah first book? trust me the, yeah i didn't i didn't get the other benefits of most kids i got the channer instead hey that hey you got the channer and a good kick in the ass you know what i mean and that's what i got yeah God bless my, God bless my dad. a channer yeah. and a kick in the ass the shameless coin story <laughs> that's the name of your that's new the, book that's the hey, memoir since i'm in the tune writing phase here guys yeah. you keep these quotes going oh, we can make things oh, yeah. happen oh yeah it's coming so uh Tell us how this happened. Like you, your dad was uh, a piper, right? In Southern California. And instilled uh, you with this? Well, yeah, he was born and raised in uh, Roscommon from Ireland. And, oh, yeah. and it would, uh, went, went over to Scotland. And uh, he didn't actually play pipes until he was 14. And uh, and then came over to the States, uh, popped across the pond. And being my father, he, he, he did the, the smart thing, married the boss's daughter. He was good at doing that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, That's what I'm looking and, for. And, yeah, in New York, <laughs> and my, my mom obviously could see the New York side of me from my mother's side. Yeah, and they uh, went across the right through Route 66 all the way to California until they saw sunshine. He saw enough weather in his life to say, "Hey, I want sunshine," and that's what happened. And I was uh, born and raised in Santa Monica, California. And he put a chanter in your hand early. Was uh, was he like in love with the pipes? Like once he started, he to just. Learn? I mean, he <laughs> loved pipes. I mean, to be honest, but his my grandfather, which I never met. Um, he didn't like pipes that much. He really hated pipes. And dad was really, uh, it was very passionate about piping itself. So uh, he taught himself. He went to some instructors in Ireland before before he, he, he moved to Scotland for work and whatnot. And then he just went to the States. Um, but he got, um, you know, a lot of um, um, lessons and, and, and extra lessons and, and supplements from that from uh, Jimmy McCall. The great uh, mm-hmm. the, who still is still retired, but the guy's phenomenal in Peabrox. But a lot of the players in Los Angeles, and uh, he was actually one of the uh, original founding members of Los, L.A. Scots back in 1960-61. He finally moved out to L.A. in 1959. Jesus Christ. Yeah. <laughs> that was that time existed? I'm about to say, yeah. <laughs> Angus was Angus was only like days, 16. <laughs> the, good old, the good old days were, you know, the gas was cheap and hamburgers were Prime. <laughs> yeah. The good the good old days where gas was cheap and there were two water fountains. <laughs> oh fuck! <laughs> well, okay, yes. we're going there, I guess. Direction politically, yes. <laughs> we're not we're talking men and women, people. I was a foreign man I'm just saying, that. man, the good old days weren't that fucking good for. <laughs> All right. It, depend, it depends if you're from the yeah, south or not. That side. Yeah, I'm about to say, uh, yeah, I'm okay with cheap hamburgers, but I got free internet porn and uh, like less racism, so I think we're doing pretty good. <laughs> we're doing all right. It's, it's fine, Josh. You're doing pretty good. But that's how he got started, and uh, and uh, he was really uh, acclimated in, in the L.A. area in the Scottish and Irish community, which was quite strong then. 
Um, and uh, he played for the band for a while. And, and of course, I was born, you know, in 66, 66, baby. Good year on cars. Good year in America. <laughs> Great year on um, but, cars. You know, what's that? Great year on cars. I'm a, I'm a year on cars. Absolute horror for old cars. I know my cars. But, um, yeah, it's it basically was uh, something, he, I, something he never forced on me, Andy, to get back to your point. It, it's... Uh, and you might have known the story. I know you've always sat around the table in the I living room. You've always been a, a fantastic guest at the house. You've been part of the family, but I'm sure you heard the story. It's, you know, he was just playing a lot. He played pipes a lot, and I'm just kind of sitting around taking it all in. And one day, my dad went into the kitchen and uh, was making a cup of tea. And I just kind of picked up his pipes. He was sitting on the couch. And um, got it. God, a kid doesn't know what the hell to no A, B, and C, let alone one, two, and three. Just kind of picked it up and kind of put it on my shoulder. And this thing was big, about as big as me. It's like putting King Kong on my shoulder. <laughs> and, you know, and I just kind of put my hands on whatever I could. And I was just kind of mimicking what my dad was doing, you know, whatever whatever tune he was playing. And it was just, I didn't know grace notes. I didn't know scales, obviously. And he came out from the kitchen. And all I remember is that he dropped his good Irish bone tea mug and it fell to the floor. I think, well, I'm going to be paying for this one later. <laughs> but, you know, and he sat down with me and uh, a little discussion, you know, you know, do you really like bagpipes? Well, I'm thinking in my head, yeah, of course, I obviously did what I did. But it was never, never something, guys, that he forced on me. It was mm -hmm. something I wanted to do. Um, and he took me through the bouts of, uh, of becoming a really good player. And, uh, and I can't thank him enough. I mean, I went to the finest players in the world, which are now legends. Uh, he supported my career. Well, you know, it, it was beyond a father and son relationship. I could say, uh, my mother pretty much was supportive of a lot of it. I would say, I didn't, I think my mom would say honestly that I didn't have much of a childhood because the competitiveness of where I was going and where dad was basically taking me. Sure. I was like his protege. I was his boy, you know, and, and mom told me once, God rest her soul, you know, says, you know, I wish you had more of a childhood than you had an adulthood because, you know, guys, I was around people that were 20 years old, 30 years old, 40 years old, and I'm seven years old. So I'm kind of around that, you know, that era, guys, where you have the smokes and the, the hams, the Olympia beers, and they're having a couple of good jokes. And here I am around those adults more than I am around kids with the, you know, G.I. Joes and, 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 and big boy jaws, you know, and, and, the G, and big gym dolls and, and Mattel and Tycos. No, Seamus <laughs> was around those adults and, and taking it all in. And, you know, and, and I think my mom says I just kind of wish you had more you know, more of a childhood than you did more of an adulthood at that age. So, you what, know, but back then, that's what a lot of them did, Andy, right? You, your folks would tell you, you know, it's, oh, yeah. it was basically a time where you have a couple of good jokes, you play pipes, you have your beer, you have your cigarette. Doesn't mean that, which I told my mother, it didn't mean that I went out to a liquor store to go get a pack of cigarettes. I didn't go out to get Olympia beer or, or Budweiser or, or, or hams at the time. <laughs> I didn't do all that. You know, I was, you know they, they did that, but I was just taking it all in. As a little boy, right? But it doesn't mean I went out and did that, right? Well, looking back now, now that you are who you are today, do you wish that for yourself, or do you, are you happy with having that experience and getting to where you are, or would you have done things differently? Good point. No, seriously, Andy. Good point. My mother actually asked me that question. Um, 
and it was kind of hard to, to really sit down and answer that because I don't really know. I mean, the way my dad driven me into where I need where where I, where I am today. He, you know, I I don't know. I, I I you know I do wish that I I did ride the bikes, the skateboards, and stuff like that with boys. Absolutely, with your friends, you know, um, mingle a bit more. But I was more, in, you know, in the competitive edge and doing the things that I was doing, and going out and competing. I went on one of my first contests in 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 novice when when they didn't have grade divisions, where it was just twenty one and under and twenty one and over. And I won uh, my first two contests in the in the slower, the the march, and in 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 the jig contest at seven years old. Mm-hmm. Um, and Dad formulate what I was going to do, Andy, as opposed to what Seamus wanted to do. But I had a good life. I'm not going to admit I had a really good life. I was really well taken care of by my mom and dad. Uh, I'm going to admit that I was spoiled, but not a typical American spoiled boy. But I appreciate what my parents did for me. Sure. But you know, my mom would have would have loved to have that personally. I think she she probably thought that would be good. You know, during the times of, yeah, why why aren't he playing with his uh, kids his own age? Why is he around people that are 20, 25 years older than him, thirty right. years older than him? You right. know, but they treated me well. I mean, yeah, they had their you know typical jokes and play pipes, have a beer, have a couple of tunes, guys, and jokes. But I wouldn't really understand the jokes. But it's not as if the, the gentlemen that were around my father would say, hey, you know, there's a seven-year-old child sitting here, or eight-year-old boy here. No, nobody gives a fuck. <laughs> no, <laughs> not back then. Yeah, not know, even now. Like, yeah, <laughs> I, I, I just laugh and take it in, but I don't know what the joke was about. But yeah, that was pretty good. That's that's <laughs> interesting. Know? That's kind of what happened, but they were very gentle. I mean, they didn't do anything that would be it would feel that my dad would be um, uncomfortable. Um, but I just, I was one of the lads sitting there like the little rascals, you know, yeah. that kind of thing, you know, and you take it in and, and you go with it. But does, like I told my mom, did you see me go down and do the things that they did? No, I was a good boy. I didn't go to the liquor store. I didn't do all those things, but the fact that I was exposed to it guys, you know, right. and the fact that it was there surrounding me, but thank goodness, you know, that part of me, you know, held, held true. And I did what I did as I grew up. I didn't do those things, man. Yeah, so there's a couple interesting things that this brings up. Uh, first one that I'm interested in is like, you know, it, was there a difference in relationship when you have a dad who's also a mentor in a sense, musically especially? Like, was it was there compartmentalization of being a dad, being a mentor, or was he always like either a dad or a mentor? A uh, good question, Josh. Seriously, good question. Uh, yeah, it was actually a bit of both. Um, I think a lot of people that were on the outside looking in looked at the relationship between my dad and myself as more than just a father and son relationship. It wasn't a daddy and son thing. Um, I was, uh, I was, it was his, uh, his, you know, companion of, of, of good, of good faith, of, 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 of good nature, uh, helping my dad through tunes, uh, help my dad through other things and piping as he was, as I, as I was developing. You know, it was like a tit for tat. It was like dad helped me and I helped my dad, you know, and um, it was a it was a tight relationship as far as a good team, a good team. He was a good coach. All right, guys, he was a good coach. Um, and he was always there for me when I when I needed him. And he was always good uh, with the with the analogies, which you, you love so much, Andy. But my oh, yeah. dad, in the Irish terms, my dad was very good <laughs> with analogies. 
but it was he, he supported me well by 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 helping me as I was as I was being nourished, if I could say that, right. through my years. And uh, my mother was 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 there. I would have to say she was there. She was very much a career woman um, at the time, and uh, she just kind of let dad take the son. And of course, I was the only child. Um, and just gonna roll with it, you know. This is your son. This is your thing, and you're going with it. And my mom supported a lot that I did. Believe me, not to say that. Um, you know, she, she probably could have stepped in and say, "Hey, um, this is not where we would like to see our son, quote unquote, go." But you know, you obviously are, he's in good hands. He wants to do this. It's not like you're you're pushing him to do it. Um, but I think there was the part of my mother that said, yeah, I'd like to see him have a, a boyhood, which I really didn't have. You know, I'd say my, my life growing up, guys, was quite unique. Yeah, man, I never, I, I, Andy, looking back on it, the regret side, no, I don't regret that. Um, it, it was an experience. Definitely was sure. an experience. Yeah. Um, and if I didn't have a, a father to put me through that, I probably wouldn't know. But I would say it was, um, you know, something I don't regret, more of an experience, and I love it. And I don't look back on it and say, God, I wish I did do this. But I, I did, I did sympathize with my mom. We right. did have this conversation. Right. Uh, but I said, Mom, I totally understand. But at the same token, you, you kind of let Dad take the realm and, and go with it too. Right. It's not, it's not as if you could have stepped in and said something. Sure, it's it's interesting to me just because, like, I, I feel like there's some. Like in the Venn diagram of me and Seamus, there are things there because like <laughs> I started pretty young, not not that young, but not young. young. I started like thirteen, yeah. so I, I was behind for sure. Um, but I was like, I was dropped off at pipe band, you know, like it was well, not. You're like, a you're a two thousands latchkey kid. Yeah, like <laughs> like I was I was dropped off on pipe band. Everyone was fucked in the head royally. Correct. Yep. And and I was and I did not uh, like abide to my better demon like my no, better no, no. You angels. Went, you went like, down I, the wrong way. I was like, yep. Like yeah. <laughs> I was like, what are we doing? Oh, we're doing <laughs> fucked up shit. All right, let's go. Well, let's. We're rolling with the punches. Josh. <laughs> we're rolling with the. Punches. But but I also like you know going in that same like that's how I describe my pen, pipe band experience. But I also think that that's like I would never change anything about it. That was the most developmental time of my life. Um, and I was, you know, like you talked about, I was like, you know, people that are much fucking older than me. Um, and I liked, I liked that. And I think it paid off in the long term Cause like, I think it, it's going to be funny for me to say this made me slightly more mature at an early age. Oh my God. Oh, you absolutely. came in mature though. I, I, mean, I, I would have to contest to that guys. Absolutely. That it, it, you mature more than, than, than your actual biological age. Uh, being around people like that, really, guys, you know, it it, 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 it does bring that side out that you, you wouldn't get until later in life. Um, yeah, you're going to be a little bit different in school. You're going to be, you know. <laughs> you are correct. I, I mean, I was known as the kid that was the most popular kid being who I was and being, a you know, being a piper at the time, not a world-class player at that point, but I was going in that direction, very competitive. But I was very, very unique in my school experiences. And, um, you know, and it all rolls into that mold that you're talking about, Josh. It, it, you know, you, you're not just the, the average seven-year-old, the eight-year-old or 10-year-old, you know. You're one of the ones that are doing something outside the norm of what most kids would do at, at those levels at school. Um, and I was one of those 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 the, those those kids. I mean, right. uh, when I was uh, when I was going to um, 
when I came back from Australia, when I lived down there for a while, which I know you guys are probably getting to that, but to, to, to go forward a bit, when I came back to the United States uh, from from Australia and going into my high school, basically at the time when Valley Girls was a big thing in the early 80s, <laughs> oh, our yeah. school, Birmingham High, was the school that was basically Valley Girls School. And that was a big talk about realizing that they didn't know that they had this world-class kid sitting on campus who was doing what he was doing, who was very, very quiet about it. And one of my mates who was, you know, editor of the paper said, you know, I want to do an article on you. And I says, well, I don't know if you really want to do that. But, you know, but, you know, if that's what you want to do, all of a sudden catapult Seamus out of the limelight of just being an average high school kid who really does this. Let's say I'm Batman and, and Superman in the cave and I just come out and do super superhero things and it could just all the way over to the, to much, the other side of what people would consider. Hold on, hold oh, on, hold on. Hero. How much would you pay to see Seamus in a cape when he's at the games, like, judging? Just sh- yeah. Sucking an ass on the back for Seamus? <laughs> big fucking Superman cape? Yeah. Like, and it was like another side, another world that a lot of kids didn't know about because no one really, honestly, no one knew about it. I just came to school, did my business, well, came and, home, get on a flight, go to a competition. Dad and part, of that, so, part of that, too, it, is like you're with a lot school. of kids that have no interesting aspects of their personality, right? Like they go to school, they go home. That's what they yeah. do. Like maybe, maybe they play kickball or whatever. Well, yeah, I mean, it's Valley Girl, so it's mostly skin flute, probably. <laughs> you know, but it, it, The big thing back then was the Valley Girl, you know? So here they got this kid on campus they really don't know about until it came out in the paper, and all of a sudden, Mr. Mr. Seamus, man, became a popular boy on campus of, you know, close to 3,000 senior, you know, people that were graduating that year. So... Well, that is know, the greatest it, it, herpes was, origin story just, I've ever heard. Yeah, I wasn't just a guy on campus that was just a kid going to school, which I was. I was known as, oh, he's the bagpipe dude. Oh, he's 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 this player man that goes all over the world to compete. Yeah, well, okay, well, fine. You know, you obviously read the paper, so well, um, you know, that, and and that's when people knew more of it. Andy, it was more than were shocked at Seamus. Why didn't you say anything about it? I was just a kid at that time. Bringing it back to kids, it's just being a high school kid on campus, man. I'm not I'm not trying to be the the say by the by the bell boy. Okay, I'm not <laughs> trying to say I want to be popular. Well. That's, I was just going to school, hanging out with good friends, having a good time playing ball, you know, yeah. playing, you know, playing basketball, tennis, you know, and just doing that thing so I can have that part of my life. So I didn't feel like that stigma was on campus. Like, oh, sh- oh, shit, here's, here comes Seamus, man. Man, dude, we got we got to talk to this guy. <laughs> well, let's you know? let's talk about a little bit about that. Like, so the legend goes that when you were 13, correct me if I'm wrong, but you played with shots in the worlds in grade one. Is that correct? So I don't know if that's the youngest record. I don't, I don't, I, it may have been outdone by now. I hear Rob Matheson played when he was very young at that. Yeah, he but, did. Matheson played, but he was in the band when I was in the band. No, yeah, he was he's, simple. How old, he's similar to your age though, right? It was roughly, well, no, he might be a little older than you. Right? Yeah, he's a bit older than me. No, he's yeah, a bit so, older so they just cut you from the core when your balls drop. Is so, that how that works? <laughs> so like Shots and Dykehead, one of the greatest bands of all time Phenomenal. for most of time. <laughs> Phenomenal, yeah. For almost all of time. <laughs> Phenomenal how, band how for a you, very long time. How did you end up in Shots at 15, or sorry, 13? So that would have been um, what, 1979? Right, yeah, roughly? 79. Well, that's was the pipe major back then. It's just the time that my mom and dad decided to move in, to another country, um, you know, from California. And just, uh, just something they wanted to do. And it made me say I was along for the ride. Uh, I, I really didn't have a choice in the matter. But, you know, okay, fine. You know, we're going to go to Australia. I'm thinking, where the fuck is Australia? Okay, fine. Oh, I, I finally got into my 
my encyclopedias, which is the internet of today, just to get an idea where we were going. And at the time, I was playing with a, a really good pipe band uh, that was one of the finest bands in Australia, was St. Mary District Band Club. And their sister band was Shots. But at that time, Vic Police was just a grade two, solid grade two pipe band at that time. So the, really, the best bands in Australia was Queensland Irish, uh, St. Mary District Band Club. And uh, at that time in Western Australia, it was just a lot of, you know, grade three pipe bands and grade two. But really, they were the two bands that were knocking out. And St. Andrew's Society pipe band was another one. So they were kind of like the finest bands in, in, in Australia. Um, and Tom McAllister Jr. used to come down and teach St. Mary District Band Club, you know, a couple of times a year. He used to fly down. And at the time that he was teaching, you know, he was basically, uh, you know, going over the pipe band strategies and all that with St. Mary's because eventually they were going to go to the Worlds. And, of course, they were Australian champions in 79 and 80. Um, and uh, so Tom talked to my dad, knew he saw what I was doing. Playing McAllister Reeds at my age, too, was, in, was, was something you, you, no lad was really doing. And I could, you know, could handle his reads because I was taught playing his reads. Um, so, you know, which so we're my, known for being so particularly hard, say, yeah, correct? you're like two by fours, right? Yeah, because I'm too young. Because the first things out of Tom McCall's about to my father's like he's quite young to be playing my reads, son. Oh, <laughs> uh, but playing him for a while, sir. But and and being very polite, you know, sir was was a big thing because the McAllister family was very strong on ethics and and, and discipline. Um, I and feel like I I'm very polite. To, I tell people, uh, get fucked, sir. <laughs> yeah. Or ma'am. I just, yes, sir, or I ma'am. play the reads. And uh, so it was a conversation that my, that Tom McAllister Jr. had with my father, you know, out with, without me. And uh, the fact he has an opportunity to play with something very big. And I think your son could handle it. And that's when my father approached me on that issue. That's cool. And that's when I decided to go from Australia to Scotland. And I stayed there and I did stay with the family for, for a bit. Right. And I had a chance to know Alex Dutton very well and, and stay with the family there. So I was in Scotland for quite a while. So pretty much they were my parents. Well, my dad and mom had a business that they had in Australia that they kind of my dad wanted to do is get into delicatessen restaurant business. So he just wanted to just to do that. So I was left in their hands in, in good guidance. And I basically what would be known as the Internet today again is that I would uh, sister school that was filming to the school, the private school I was with in Australia would send me homework and assignments. And I would go do it through air, through air, via email and email was uh, airmail was the way to go. Sorry, not email, but airmail. And I would do all my homework while I was over there and do the things I had to do so I could stay up on my studies. And then I, I played with the band throughout those months, and then I went back to Australia, and then eventually came back to United, you know, back to California in '81. Right. So then you played with such bands, then SFU, LA Scots, mm -hmm. uh, in early years, I guess in the '90s, LA Scots, uh, and then you went mm -hmm. back to SFU. You're currently back with SFU, correct? Yes, that's correct. Yeah. Right. I've and been with not the, to forget the James J. Coyne Memorial Pipe Band. Yeah, we'll get to this. Yeah, going to get to that. Josh, good point. He's going to get that. But yeah, I was in the early stages with uh, with uh, with SFU. Um, uh, you know, so it was a, a relationship I, that I did through pen pals with Andrew Bonner, God rest his soul, for a very long time. He was very, very close to me. Um, and we stayed in touch with all that, you know, long before I thought about going to Vancouver. And that's when it was approached about, hey, we'd love to have you up here and maybe check it out. You know, it's, 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 I hope I can cut the mustard and do it. Yeah. 
Um, but, you know, at the time with the experience of being with the McAllisters, you know, I was a McAllister boy, you know, and, uh, and playing with the band. And, and fortunate that year they won the Worlds. Um, so, you know, I had a really good experience of being taught by the very best in the pipe band world and experience of just being with them and living with them. You know, yeah, it was, it was, you know, it's a long time ago, but I, I, it's stuff that I will always remember. And I can obviously thank my father for it because he actually supported it. Um, you know, that I could do the things that I could do. You know, I was, right. I was not just the normal child guys. I will admit that I was not the normal child. Well, you're not a normal adult either. Absolutely. So. <laughs> I mean, you come by it, you come by it naturally, bro. (laughs) It's just the way it is, mate, you know, and, um, you know, so I I had a great experience in those years leading, coming back to the States and, um, and, you know, and and I just kind of just blossomed from there, but, you know, eventually getting up to Vancouver uh, my dad knew of uh, Jack and Terry at the time and uh, knew they were really, really fine players. And he knew Jack Ironside very well, which is their uncle, which was kind of a connection of eventually meeting Terry and Jack, you know, and uh, and playing with the band. Right. I And uh, Jack's been my big brother ever since for over 40 years. And uh, I right. love him dearly. <laughs> you know, he's, he, he, he supported you know, a lot of uh, our careers of being where we are right now, you know, Absolutely, and yeah. uh, I was in good hands. Uh, Andrew Barnard and I have no, we have a big thank you to Jack on Absolutely, that, you yeah. know, as much as we might have driven him nuts. Right. Uh, <laughs> <at those laughs> oh, uh, I'm sure, I'm sure you still enough do. To pay, enough <laughs> to pay us back in a big time, you know, I, it was really cool that he, he did a lot for us. He did a lot for me personally. Um, and it was like my second home. It was like a home away from home. I was more in Vancouver than I was in Los Angeles, you know, at that time before we had the internet band, you know, and the, and the zoom and, and, and the Skype, I was going up to Vancouver, but at least almost 20 times a year, if not 23 right, times a right. year. So I was What's flying that? up there. It's a very common thing among people who have spent time at the Jack Lee B and B. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was wondering I'm very early ones to, you know, to stay with them. And I stayed with Terry too, Terry and Nancy, as well as to stay with Jack and Christine, you know, you know, and, and it was, it, it's, it's a very much part of my heart, you know, of, uh, they're, they're, they're very close to me and, and family wise, you know, it was my family away from family. And, um, that's a lot of years, guys. That's a lot of years. I would know? say Seamus, uh, I would be, I would argue that perhaps you might be the reason that Jack's hair is as gray as it is. Very likely. What do you think? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not going to argue that point, Andy, Andy, because you, you're, you're, you're fucking well right. It's probably right. Uh, the, the stories that could come out of the band and, 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 and Seamus's craziness. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, I can imagine. You know, well, probably see why he has the gray hair. It's not, it's not his three lovely boys. Um, you know, I mean, there's times where there's good moments, you know, and I would come, I would come home and Christine would just be making dinner for a lot of us. And we'd come back from band practice and, and Christine would just look at me and say, you, you pissed off Jack, didn't you? And I go, I guess I did. She would know the moments of what he would be his, his containment, you know, walking in the house right. knowing that I must've done something. And she would know that. I love her for it. She says, yeah, you pretty much pushed his buttons. I go, yes, ma'am. I, you know, pretty much did. You know, you know. <laughs> so wait, if Seamus gave Jack grace. You know, it's always those moments around me or whatever it was. Um, you know, and, um, you know, if I if I can give you a bit of a story. I mean, the funniest one when, when Andrew was in the band, um, 
And these are great moments, and, and God love him for him because I'm lost without him too because of his death in 2017, uh, fighting cancer. Um, we had some great moments, and one of the moments we had at band practice was um, a couple of new six eights we had to play, and um, you know we're just looking at music, and it was just something that Terry wanted to play, and they were just beautiful six eights. And, um, and we just get through them, just kind of living, just going through them. And, and, and Jack stopped the band. And, and a lot of people don't understand Jack then than they do now. Um, he was quite intense, fantastic, but intense. So there was a moment where he stopped the band. And, 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 and long story short was hold the low A out on your ass. Hold the low A out on your ass. Hold the low A out on your ass. So I'm thinking, fuck, hold the low A on your ass. So, okay, fine. So it's one of the six hits that were leaning from one to the other in the bridge. And, okay, the the guy wants us to hold the fucking low A. Okay, fair enough. So I'm looking over at Andrew and looking at me. So, okay, fine. You want to hold the fucking low A? Fair enough. So we're going from, I believe we're going from Donald McLean and Lewis, and we're going into, an, uh, I forgot the name of the six eight, but it's pro- one of the popular six eights. So we go, is that, you know, that... Um, And we stretched that fucking low way as long as we <laughs> But you didn't say how long, so Jack would stop the band and go, stop, stop, stop. Not that long. You know, and, and of course me, you said hold the low way, but you didn't say how long. So, <laughs> <laughs> so does Seamus have moments of doing, pushing what? buttons? Let me tell you, we used to do the same shit to you. We used to do the same shit to you back in the JGC days. Daryl was a big proponent of Let's just fuck with Seamus sometimes. <laughs> I got my All the guys were, but it just come back to haunt you. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. And, and so Jack was influential to you and his sort of Jack is sort of legendary. He never said anything like that when he's teaching our band. He's never, he's super nice, super nice all the time. No, no matter what, Well, God bless you. but it's you not his band. Never going to get that side of him when he does. Yeah, that's like, right. That's Correct. Yeah. yeah You're like always going to get the nice side of Jack right. and you know, we get the intense side of Jack right. when we go out. So, there's the yeah. legend. There's God a legend you, of getting sent to uncle Jack. Like, Oh fuck. I don't want to go. Terry's like, all right, go see Jack. Like, Oh fuck. I just love the idea of the fact that, like, we talk about trickle down. So Seamus spent his career giving Jack grace, and then you and Daryl gave Seamus all of his grace. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely correct. And now all my it fucking rolled. band and, gives and, me and, grace. And Norma brought that point up, Eddie. Yeah, it's it's going to come back and haunt you, Seamus. And so I'm sure it will. And I'm, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> it you know, definitely you've does. done all this, all this shit. And the fact I'm still alive to talk about it, you know, is it okay, you know, because... I would do that, Andy. You know me. It's just things I would do. It's just the moment was there, and you just do it. Ah, should I or should I not? Ah, I'll go ahead and do it and just pay the price for it later. <laughs> that was my repercussions. Right, you know, absolutely. Line, but needless to say that you and Daryl, you know, cahoots and here we go. Let's get back at Seamus, the fucker. Let's get back at him. <laughs> absolutely. And, I, and, and you know what? I loved it. I didn't say anything bad about that because you know what? I deserved it because of all the things I did. Oh, absolutely. And it was great fun. Like, so uh, who, who's giving you yours? Is it like me and Angel? Oh, it's definitely Angel. I wouldn't say it's you so much. It's like, I've stopped fucking with you for the most part. It's, I used to fuck uh, with you. It, it has I been used, you at times. I used to fuck with you way more than I do now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, mostly you're not yeah, so bad anymore. I'll never forget the little moment. If I could bring this on. Oh, yeah. You were at 
I, at the pizza parlor and we're having the lunch and all, and you, you, you and, and, and Angel are getting into something, and I was asked the question. Oh, I remember this, to, yeah. Is this going to be discussion of pipe in analogy and questioning, or is this going to be something that's going to be a heated discussion between the two of you? And I was stuck in the middle eating my pepperoni pizza. Right. <laughs> I remember this. Mom and dad are fighting at the table. You're yeah, trying to finish your meal. Angel and I are like what? arguing over. And then it got intense, and I go, wait a minute. I better eat this pizza before something happens to you two. Because <laughs> Can you imagine serious. Seamus was being the reasonable <laughs> one in that situation? <laughs> I can't. <laughs> He was like trying he to talk a, us both down. Yeah, he had a good pie that he wanted to finish. <laughs> he just wanted to eat his goddamn yeah, dinner and like. I really wanted to finish that. Yeah. Pie hey, I if y'all if y'all want to go out in the fucking parking lot and brain each other, perfectly fine. That's where it was headed. Just I, just let me finish yeah. my meal. Is there anybody more frustrating than Angel? Right? I mean, as a, <laughs> yeah, you if you're in charge it, of something, and Andy, you held your composure well, and so did so did Angel. But I said, God, shit, I'm eating my. <laughs> like let me let me finish my meal and then you can go beat the fuck out of each other. Oh, it was great. So yeah, it started off good and then it got heated more than my pie. Then I was like, oh, this is good. <laughs> like okay, but it was so funny, Eddie, because the way you you held your composure and the way Angel was, I was just I'm eating between all this. You know, <laughs> He's like, just like quietly like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, see, so funny. I'm I'm that guy at the bar. Uh, like, yeah, you're the guy at the bar drinking. Like I'm yeah. at that guy. I'm that guy at the bar where I'm just like, oh god, can I at least finish my fucking bev before I have to like intervene violently? <laughs> to be it's fair, you like were probably we still a, in college at the time, but trust, it's not like we had a really good practice. We're just taking a break, just a lunch break, and yeah. all of a sudden it extends into the lunch. You know, so I go, oh no, <laughs> oh, oh come man, on. You know? You're not guilty of that. Come on, I, I, I. Th- okay, so the reason I know Seamus, let's let's get into the reason I know you, Seamus. <laughs> so, <laughs> so back in the mid 2000s, 2004, I think it was maybe 2005. Um, Seamus had a band called James J. Coyne uh, Memorial Pipe Band, which is named after his father. Um, God rest his soul. And my my friend Chris Brannon brought me into that band because him and I played at the Worlds with Misty Isle in 2004, and then he's like, "Hey, you have yeah that guy." And he's like, "Hey, you have some ability. Come play in my band, the band with Seamus." This band. and I didn't know Seamus from a hole in the wall at the time, so he's like, "Yeah, call Seamus up and like tell him you want to be in the <laughs> band, and then like maybe you can come and practice with us." So and that's what I did. So I I was like, "Yeah, I'd love to be in a grade two band." I was in a I was a shitty grade four player at the time, maybe at best, but I had some ability. And uh, well, so I called the, Seamus. And the up. grade four band you were playing in wasn't hot. Like, well, not the last, not the Desert Sky, but Misty Owl was but, pretty hey, decent. But you know what, Andy, Andy, to consider that story, which you will, I had faith in you, mate. Well, that's true. You did. So I called Seamus and we talked for like an hour. <laughs> He's like, listen, man, he laid, he laid down the law like nobody's ever laid down the law. He's like, listen, it's my way or the fucking highway. You either do it my way or you don't. I mean, this went on for an hour, but this is the the, the summary. <laughs> He's like, "You're gonna do it the right way. We play sheepskin bags with a goddamn t-shirt, and don't forget the fucking t-shirt. And you're gonna play my channer and my read, blah blah blah, whatever. Kane reads sheepskin bag. Oh, the whole fucking. I, I heard the same spiel. Oh, the whole night. Yeah, oh yeah, you heard it too. Yeah. So I'm like, yeah, I'll fuck. Yeah, I'll do it. Whatever. I don't give a fuck. So, <laughs> so then, just like Ben Johnson used that line later. The Where's Canadian the fucking, fucking play, play, yeah, put the fucking t-shirt in the bag. Remember, <laughs> oh, remember Ben Johnson, I, that guy. Ben okay. Johnson get on that one, and yeah, then yeah. all of a sudden, 
It was based off you, babe. And obviously he took off with it. Put the fucking t-shirt in the bag. Right. It's all about the fucking t-shirt. Nothing matters. You got to have the t-shirt. So that was, that was a particular thing. So. (laughs) And Josh, I can explain that later. There is a, there is analogy. It's not Seamus's craziness, but there is a reason. No, there's a reason. Oh, there's a method to the madness. I've I've known you for a long time, man. I know there's a method to the madness. But it was funny that it was so, it was like, he, he was like a dog with a bone on the t-shirt thing. He just wouldn't let it go. So. But anyway, I ended up coming out to practice with them. Very first practice, I believe this was like Claremont or somewhere in that area of California. Claremont, yes. And I'm with Chris and like Daryl and Sarah and Jeremy and fuck, I don't remember all the other people. Like, and it was very good people. Yeah, yeah. a lot of good folks. Yeah. So it was my first practice. We're sitting in this little room playing practice channel. And I I had some of the music and I was playing along. And then Seamus, out of nowhere, I swear to God, this happened. I'm not lying. He takes. Must have been a metronome. It could have been a tuner, but it was a something, a small piece of plastic like this size, and just fucking chucks it across the room. He's <laughs> like, "I told you to stop fucking doing that," or whatever the fuck it was. And he just throws the chanter at somebody, and we're like, "Oh, it's gonna be like that." Okay. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, okay. But that's like that's like the time. Like I've had this conversation before because like remember the time like Andy, I kicked over the chairs. Andy, these are good stories, babe. These are good stories. Oh, this is going in your book. Like. <laughs> Like you remember the time I kicked over, the, I freaked out and kicked over the chairs. That yes. had nothing to do with anybody playing, and like nobody did anything that egregious. Right. I was just like had to set the tone immediately. Right, right, right. Like, I don't think he did. I think he was genuinely angry. Oh yeah. I, like, <laughs> it's, it's just out of curiosity, Andy. What can what I. Was I like that? Did I actually do? I did oh, do that. Yeah. Right? Oh yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. 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 Baby, I've seen it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This was yeah, 2004, 2005. Yeah. That was your first practice. My yeah, very first practice. Yeah. Shit. Yeah. 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 And you didn't scare me away. I was like, oh fuck, okay. But I, I I've been to like high school bands and shit. I, yeah, I you gotta be, I've had you gotta conductors be serious. throw, you throw music shit. stands across the room. I've yeah, definitely yeah, dealt with that. Yeah, so got, thank you very much for bringing that up, Andy, because they're all there. Thank oh, absolutely. It's, it wasn't yeah. that abnormal to me. It was just like, oh, okay. I, I'm paying attention now. So and nobody flinched. Everybody's just like <laughs> Seamus being Seamus, whatever you know. And uh, but some people didn't didn't love that kind of stuff. There's definitely people out there that didn't love well, that. Well, people so get turned off by that very quickly. I've, I've found, I mean, like my, perp, my pipe sergeant style is similar to where like, I'll do something crazy and kick a chair over, throw something or whatever, bang my chair on the table just to like snap you out of complacency, complacency of practice. Right. Mm-hmm. And don't be wrong. Sometimes I am genuinely angry. The vast majority of the time I'm fairly dispassionate. And I'm just trying, and I'm just trying to correct behavior, right? Like I'm just, I'm just like, I'm like, no, like fucking boom, and there's like, and I'm like, yeah, like fucking, fucking do it, <laughs> like pay attention. Yeah, no, uh, that was that was set a tone for sure. Um, but I'm curious, Seamus, going back to those days, like uh, JJC and, was only a year old at the time, maybe at most. Here's the thing, man, you had a good house and bed and breakfast to come back to. Yeah, <laughs> Absolutely, I mean, I still stayed with you or Chris. Or- <laughs> Whoever Ooh, we used to stay with back care, then. Well, I spent a night at Seamus's house more than um, on more than one occasion, and it's it's crazy town. Uh, I mean, because the entire band would stay there, and there's like people all yeah, over the like, place. Yeah, had this big <laughs> home and just to stay there, but I took care of you, Andy. Oh, it was I great. Was, it was I was fantastic. Made I I did that best by you because you guys put you tolerated a lot. You really did. You really tolerated. Oh no, a lot. it was great. That, it was that great very time. much explains the story Daryl told me of when he lost his virginity to you. To me, you were, yeah, you were all just sleeping in the oh. same place. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah. <laughs> so that, how, that, that's just that's just a spoon without underwear. That makes sense now. <laughs> 
So how did the JJC band form and wh- why were we considered the Island of Misfit Toys in the 2000s? That's what I want to know. Um, I guess, you know, when I came back, okay, I guess when I came back from New York, uh, the, a lot of great years there, the business, selling the company and just had the James J. Coyne Memorial Schools which eventually sold New York, Chicago, and I had a, a, in L.A. So I was quite big throughout the United States in what I was doing and what I was doing for my father, more for my father than myself. Um, you know, I, I asked I asked Norma, you know, it'd be nice to close this, you know, the best way we could by doing something in honor of my father. And he always loved pipe bands. He always liked the camaraderie. He always liked to get together and do things. And I said, well, the only thing I haven't done, even though – Coin Celtic Industries, which was really Coin Celtic Imports before it became Industries, and before I sold the company, um, it, it, it was my dad's dream. Everything was through my dad's. I want to do this with you, son. I would like to do this, and I carried when, when he passed away in '92. I, you know, I basically took my dad's dream and I went with it. You know, I used to work in the film industry. You know. Uh, the great shows like Cheers, Nightcore, Family Ties, uh, Moonlighting. I worked on all those sets and remastering shows. All the stuff you see back here is the stuff I, you know, I pretty much did on, on the sets. And and that was a great end. That was my, my, my degree and where I took my career, you know, and I, I knew people to get in. And that was a really good part of my life. And uh, when my father passed away, and this is something my mother told me that he wanted to do, you know, I pretty much did that. You know, I... So at that time, Norm and I were just young. We were a couple of years in the marriage, and you know, hey, the only way we're really going to take off with this and my dad's import business is to basically go go back east because that's the capital of the world of piping and drumming, dancing, Irish dancing, everything. You know, maybe take a chance and leave L.A. and let's go to New York. You know, and, and do this, and that's what I did. I started with nothing, mate. I started with my own money. Um, and I catapulted into, into a, a big storefront in a few years and I was in a 10,000 plus square foot storefront like Macy's department store with the, the school underneath. So I had a tri-level, you know, basically yeah. an office, the store, and then down below was the school. And I catered to the Emerald Society pipe bands, the NYPD, FDNY, all the, all the guys who used to come to the, the, the store and go downstairs to practice, they had the code to get in so they can practice. I have the coffee maker there and all that stuff. And I really catered to them, guys. I really took care of them. They really, they really had a good time while I was there. And I really opened it up to about, to anyone. Well, a lot um, of those kinds of bands need the fucking space. They need the space. They need the yeah. catering. And a little bit of instruction here and there is not, help, not hurtful. Exactly. Yeah. You're right, Josh. It was a little bit of that and the fact that I had the – place that, that Norman and I finally expanded to go into was where we could have back doors where people can go in and go right to the school, but the store was closed. And they could practice where they didn't have to go home and disturb the wife or the girlfriend or, you know, you know, and say, hey, you know, I could practice here. And it was really cool. You know, it was kind of like the cheers of New York. You know, of course, the, the store was next to a bar, uh, you know, which was actually pretty cool. And, um, you know, and uh, it, it was, you know, considered the cheers of Boston. You know, you go from next door, Coin Celtic Imports, into, into uh, you know, the bar. And um, and it was, uh, you know, it was a great moment for all the cops and fire department guys and anyone else that came in. They can go to the store and go right next door. And I had an account there so they, they can get what they want. 
buy lunches, buy all the stuff, have some beers. And you never, you, know? you never did the economic nightmare mistake of buying the bar next door. So that's great news. Well, <laughs> it was kind of close because. Oh, <laughs> I bet it. I bet it was very close. The thing is that the, the place that we were in was like an old style place. It was really, really, really cool place, and um, and you know. It, it was like the building, like an East Coast, and you know how they come across the corner of all bricks, kind mm-hmm. of like Cheers, but all the stores were within the space of where the bar was at the time, the Beachmont Tavern, you know, and, you know, and it was a great place. And you know, Shane Bone became the norm. Of course, you like, did. Everyone that would come into the store, into the bar, know exactly where they're coming from, know there were cops and firemen. And James walk in and, you know, we have a blast. It was a great time. And it was a great tavern, a freaking great tavern. And a lot of the guys behind the bar were retired cops. So, um, you know, so it was uh, it was a point where the owners were asked that we would like to buy the complex, the whole block with the with a few of us that had a good bit, you know, the business side. And it was actually Josh going in that direction if they decided because they were retired, they were living in Florida, yeah. the son was taking care of the management of the uh, of the real estate. But the Beachmont Tavern, Coin Celtic Imports, and the business next to me were willing to go in halves and buy this complex, you know, which it was which had the fire department in with that too. The fire department, New Rochelle Fire Department was in that big complex and all that. So they always used to come into the store. They love pipes and love some of them were pipers and they'd go to the tavern. So I was well taken care of. So anything would happen to fucking coin cut the gamboards, I got New New Rochelle Fire Department right next door. I had no problems there. They were right there. Um, you know, they were all we're gonna buy this huge all the way around the corner, Andy, all the way to a certain point. That we were gonna do that and 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 buy the the properties. And when I decided to, you know, to go back to L.A., Norma did go back for personal reasons, her parents and whatnot, health-wise. It was time to sell the business. And at that time, I thought about that. And um, so I just sold the company and didn't really buy into the real estate. But it turned out that the people that owned that huge real estate market in that corner didn't want to sell yet, even though we were going to give them a pretty good dollar for it. So um, with the three of us involved. Um, but it was really, really beautiful, guys. It was, uh, you know, great times. The cops can come in. I mean, anyone that would go into CCI think you're going to rob the place, you're fucking sadly mistaken. <laughs> you don't know who's in there. And I had cops up my ass. And, you know, and anyone that was part of the Southern District of New York, all those guys were in my shop buying stuff, having a good time. Cops that came in, attorneys that came in and bought in, imports. There's, you got to be a stupid motherfucker to come into my store. Think you're gonna rob me? I don't think so. It ain't gonna happen. So the girls and all that were taken care of. I mean, we had a you know onslaught uh, of you know 40 employees. Um, we took care of all of them. We really built my dad's dream into bigger than it was. And it, it just as at a point, my my you know Norma sat down with me and she honestly said, you know, you know, this is this is something that's beautiful for your father. This is something you and your dad wanted to do. And I'm sure your dad's looking down on what you have done. But this is something that I really don't really want to do. And I want to do other things in my life. And I really couldn't run the business without her. She was a good vice president, guys. She was a very good person to control the employees, the you know, the you know, the, the control of the business, the corporation and all that. Well, I just brought in the sales guys. I brought in the sales, brought in the clientele. I was good at what I do, Andy, right? I, I, you know, guys, I did what I could do best. And that's what Norma put me in. 
It wasn't just the president and CEO of the company, but just something I knew I could do. And um, and she and the, and the girls. I mean, I hired by the way, I hired more females in that establishment than males, and they knew how to pay the women. The business, man. <laughs> they 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 were tight with Norma. They knew how to run run uh, handle the phones. At the time, the internet oh. was basically AOL.com, the AOL side. We were just starting to get into the internet business back then. Uh, the dial-up tone. Um, we had we had a really good personnel. So most of our staff at the time was basically would say about forty five to fifty percent female. Yeah, you, you don't know, have to. You don't have to convince me, man. Like my my girlfriend has been bringing home the bacon for ever. She makes significantly more money than I do. Well, it's not hard when you make nothing. Hey, fuck you. Yeah, it's, it's a, yeah, yeah. That's good, Andy. That's what I felt like sometimes. So I didn't feel like the boss. Is that her skill or your unskill? Yeah, I, I'm not entirely sure, but so so you sold the business. Uh, you moved out. You started the. James A. Coyne Memorial Pipe Band, which I will say was, left, was the only thing to do was to close it out with this with my dad's name on something. That was the way to close it. And I talked to Norma about doing that, and she was okay with it. She said, "Fine," because I wanted to really get her involved. I didn't want to do something that's, "Oh God, what are we doing now?" I just wanted to close it when I moved back to LA. Well, I you know? remember distinctly being a, a fairly young lad at the time. I was probably like 15, 16 years old, mm-hmm. and like this guy that I didn't really like that was in my pipe band went to go play with a different band instead of us. And then I went and saw the band play. I think the, I think the first time I saw you guys play was probably like Costa or Queen Mary. might've been Queen Mary. Queen Mary, I think. And I saw you, I saw you guys play and I was like, I was like, fuck, that's a fucking, that's a fucking good band. (laughs) (laughs) I was a band you were pissed off at. I was was the fucking band. Well, yeah, he would definitely, absolutely was. Absolutely. I I was, I was like, I was like, Hey, like what the fuck? I was like, what the fuck? My, we don't have a lot of players. Like one of our players is going to play with this other band. I was like, I was going to go over and like give Fusco what for, because we weren't really like tight at the time. This Not was really. this was before we were friends. But I got a ton of shit I for it from you, Graham, and then uh, yeah, like I was probably closer with Graham, and then I just like jumped on the bandwagon of like fucking on Andy for Graham was pissed, so you were yeah. pissed. <laughs> and then like and then I was like I went and watched the band play like like tune up and then play performance, and uh, I I remember talking to Graham afterwards. I was like. It's fucking. It's a fucking good band. <laughs> <laughs> and Graham would never ever say it. But yeah, he knew it. He yeah, just yeah, wouldn't I, say. I was, it. Like, I was like, "Holy shit! Like, that sounded really fucking good." But hey, what I was doing, Josh, I was taking care of Andy, and he would tell you that. I, that, was, I think that might have been your first time out. Was when I. I think the first time you guys were out was the Queen Mary. I saw you something like that. Yeah, yeah, somewhere around then. And I was just like, "Holy fucking shit!" Oh, and then I'm looking back at like my band tuning up in the corner. I'm like, motherfucker. Yeah, like to go from like grade four to grade two, and the, not even just the quality, but like the style of well, I remember, music that you And play. I remember like all the shit you were going through, like swapping stuff out, like having to maintain. Because I was trying to play in both. Having, yeah. trying, ha- having yeah, trying to like yeah. maintain a yeah. set that was like for your competition band, not your home practice band. Right. Oh, it's fucking, it was a pain in the ass. I don't recommend it, but <laughs> but yeah, it was quite fun. It, like from ex- yeah. experiential and all the music learning, you had to learn, Andy. It was remarkable because <laughs> there was a repertoire you had to say, man. There was like a Rolodex of music. Oh my there was god, no fucking just play an MSR and a couple of a couple no, of light. I went sets. from you playing like like music. one quick march medley I'm, and some mass band it, tunes. Uh, no, no, no. Even back then, we had it was all like the mar- It was like a march medley. It wasn't a yeah. You're right. I'm sorry. Yeah, you it was like a march. Medley. It was like a march medley like and mass marches band. and like. 
and maybe you had a medley, but it was like a, it wasn't quite the MSM that they have today, but it was very basic like that. And then to go to full on two MSRs, two medleys, because Seamus is a lunatic. And at grade two, we didn't have to do that, but he insisted. Well, we you were, don't have to do it here. <laughs> even over there. You, oh, don't, you don't have to do, to do it over there. Right? Yeah. So like, uh, but his idea was we're a grade two band with a grade one mentality, which I can't, which is a wonderful thing that I brought back to my band, which did not work, but I love the idea of it. He, said it all the time we're a grade two band with a grade one mentality we have two msrs two medleys i don't give a fuck learn it so when i first came in 2004 2005 we had like i think it was like 81 tunes and you used to say it yeah, all the time You're like, that's right baby everyone's that's learning right. 81 tunes we had a full concert set we never played a concert in our lives we had 81 tunes so i'm like oh my god can i get <laughs> can i get producers rights on the james j coin memorial pipe band reunion concert oh my god that would be amazing <laughs> i will produce the fuck out of that <laughs> can you imagine like even josh, just because i get to listen you'd be beautiful for it josh you'd be the man man. Dude. you'd be the man but yeah it was a big repertoire but i demanded huge. a lot andy I oh he absolutely lot. did and like there was no mercy like he would call and this is what's amazing about Seamus and I don't have this ability at all because I am not social. He is very social. He would call all of his players all the time, like and just chat on the phone, like, hey, how's the music going? And then just bullshit about life. Everybody, the drummers, whether you liked it or not, he would call you. And like I, I don't do that at all. I have no interest in anybody's life. <laughs> I mean, my friends maybe, but like but he would do that, like call me about once a week, like, how's it going? What's and I'd go there once a month. Mm-hmm. No matter what, you're there once a month, plus plus contests. Well, that's like a thing, like because like a lot of you know, I have a lot of my uh, friends that live up north in the northern part of the state. Like I make sure I call every single one of my friends at least once a week. Right. That's I don't know how you guys do it. But it doesn't take long. I mean, especially like I do it like when I'm driving or whatever. Like you know, Josh, you know, to defend Andy and I, because I it was a family. It was because I cared about my mates and my my sisters and brothers in the band, and I made it a point because that was part of what I was brought up to do. And if I couldn't do that, then I wouldn't have a pipe band. That was my dad's ethics, you know, and I rolled that into everyone's life. And I meant it. And when I told Andy about that, I'm sure there was a part in his head said, "Well, that's pretty cool," but. The fact that he went through it, and I and I stood by my words. Oh yeah, and I did that. 100%. You know, but that, this is um, interesting. I Do did you... care. You know, I did care, and, and and we did open our house. It was like a bed and breakfast. We Norman and I didn't. You know, Norman didn't have to do all that. This... You know, just to, to bring in people like that. It was fun. We had good dinners, good lunches, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. but it brought a big family. Not just the band, Andy, right? It was not just the band. It was just a family unity of people getting along, right. sitting around, chatting about right. things, and it really didn't have anything to do with the band. We all got along really quite well, considering. Yeah. But also, like, it's remarkable. Like, Seamus, like, okay, so take our band, for example, right? When somebody comes to town and it helps us, we can't get a single fucking person to offer their place to stay, right? There was no choice. Like, Seamus did not allow the option. Like, somebody put this motherfucker up. I don't give a fuck. You make it happen. So I always had a place to stay. Never paid for a hotel in my life. Like, you know, always had a place to stay. And that's how pipe bands were run back. I'm in incredibly day. interested in, <laughs> in dissecting some of this. Because cause we talked about early on uh, how, how you know, during this very developmental period of your piping, Seamus was a huge influence. Huge. Yes. Huge. So do you think that you may have gotten, like, 30% of the lesson and this, there's like 70% of just like calling people once a week, all the bullshit that you don't really want to do. Mm-hmm. Like, do you think that would make the difference? 
Is that is it, that is that where different some way? Uh, just in like I mean, come on, everybody loves Shane Bone. True, but Shame. I mean, Sheamus has got his enemies. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, but oh yeah, I know. <laughs> but do you do you do you Andy, think Andy, that like is that what's story. missing? Is that the man, secret you tell sauce, it, baby? You tell it, man. I'm this, gonna sit back and is the is the secret well. sauce that's that. missing in your band is that you're you're uh, white vision and not vision. Like you're not you're not a hundred percent of Sheamus. Correct. I am definitely not. Like this is I've argued this many times, and I'm sure I've said this on the show. Where I would be a better pipe sergeant than I would be a pipe major. I I could see that. In the sense that I am a really good right-hand man because I am all about getting the job done, like mission mode. That That's how I think. I and refuse to trade. No, no, no. You're not the right guy. But <laughs> I refuse to trade my job. But, I've, it's a good job. But I do respect the fact that Seamus was incredibly social and would keep, almost to a fault, keep in contact with everybody. <laughs> but it also brought people in and made you feel welcome, even when he was threatening to throw you off the Queen Mary. He would make you an still in- knew he was like your brother. He would make a <laughs> he would make an incredible cult leader. Yes, exactly correct. Seamus's cult. That's exactly it. Like there's so many great yeah. fucking stories of Seamus threatening oh, us, shit. and we just yeah. you know nobody really got that upset about it until you unless the the later crew like back in like 2009, like the last before it all sort of went. Before it all closed down, some of the people that were brought in were a little more sensitive than others, than the ones that grew up under Seamus, if you will. Yeah. So, but you're right. There's pro- there's a, the emotional tele- intelligence of Seamus versus me is totally opposite, right? I don't have that at all. Like, that's not my thing. I am all about getting a job done, where he is all about, well, he's getting a job done, but also tell me all about your life at all Let's times, say, <laughs> which I don't. You got to consider that as a function of getting the job done. I agree. I agree. But it's just it's not the same. My... It's the same thing. Like when we talk, we've talked about uncle Jack before. Mm-hmm. And it's a very similar, like everybody loves and like listens to, but two very different approaches and yet similar outcome. Yeah. But uncle Jack will tell, he, he asks a million questions. He wants to know all about you. Like if you spend any time, even one on one or a couple of people on one, we go out for That's beers. That's why afterwards. I gave him a fake name. As far as he knows, my name is Sergio Medina. <laughs> he <laughs> wants to know all about. <laughs> I wonder if that's where Seamus gets it from. Guys, guys, when I disappear hey, to the when I disappear to the Baltics, you, I'm gone. Wow, you open the box, baby. <laughs> I hey, I, I put my foot in that bear trap knowing you would open it up, bro. <laughs> <laughs> but but that's that's go true. Ahead, go ahead, Andy. Go ahead, man. No, I'm just thinking like Jack's similar, at least in his experience with teaching our band, is he's very interested in everybody's story, right? True. He asks a lot of questions and he, he seems genuinely interested whether it's a show or not. I don't know, but I assume it's true, but I wonder if that's part of where Seamus gets it from learning from uncle Jack, the big brother. And, and maybe it was just influential when he was a kid and Jack was like that. I don't know, but like, bro, I just think, I just think it's a part of our soul that is missing. What, I, what, well, I, <laughs> that's what I think. Cause what I brought back from Seamus's band when I learned under Seamus was, fucking hard work and get the job done yeah like <laughs> like none of the like social stuff because that was not my thing um other than my friends but even then like god damn it why like i would come at it like 
Maybe, and you're right. Maybe now that I'm thinking about it, the more I'm thinking about it, maybe you're right. Because I let would it, come at people hard, like, "Yeah, let that. This let isn't that done. Chew. Why isn't this done? Because that's how Seamus was. But I was not calling them afterwards, being like, "Hey, man, how's your wife? How's your life treating you?" Like I didn't do anything. Yeah, exactly. There you go, man. The difference is because I cared. Because the thing is, Josh, to answer to Andy's question, if I can interject there, because yeah, yeah. I, I love when Andy, I love when Andy talks about it because I want people to hear it from them. It's not because of my point of view is that I truly did care about the players. I did love them. I did want the best for them, you know? And if you're taking the time and sacrifice to do it, I want you to be a part of it, you know? And I want to know about you. I want to know how you're doing. And that's what brought about the tightness of the family unity of JGC is because that did happen. And, you know, I think that's important. I, I think you can't have a pipe in if you didn't have that. To me, there wasn't a band. Right. And, you know, you, you could have a bunch of players go do the thing, go home and, and go back to work on Monday. Whereas I want, you know, me personally, I want to know how you're doing. I want to know that your life is OK. I want to make it a point. And on a serious level, no, yeah, you, you know, I, absolutely I, agree. Yeah. But, you know, I want I want to know how you're doing, because that affects what you do for me and the band in the future. And if there's something wrong. I want to be there for you. I may not understand it, but I want to know about it. It's not just you get the music down, have your pipes ready to go. No excuses. Remember the words? The no two excuse. E's, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead, Andy. What was it? No excuses. No exceptions. Yeah. It wasn't. <laughs> that it was, was, that was, was a mantra. Was that out there. There was always the two Episode E's. title, done. <laughs> yeah, dial it in, man. Those two E's were always at the band practices and band weekends. But outside of that, I took the two E's to one side and I got into people's lives, Josh. I, I wanted to know that they were doing well. And I just didn't do it because I was Dr. Frazier online to say, hey, what's your problem? I wanted to know that you are doing okay and I want to know that you're fine. And I genuinely meant that. It wasn't just the things that you had to do in the band, what was expected of you, but that's what brought people even closer. And, and right, Andy, you could test a lot of people, what, uh, who you ever talked to in JGC, is that I did care. I made it a point. Mm -hmm. I made it a point. Right. No, you definitely you know, did. That's what, so, that's what counts, guys. Because <laughs> you can't have all the others without someone that really cares because it's just a drill sergeant just throwing things at you and that's it. Right. Yes, I did that, but I did beyond that. Correct. And, I, yeah. and, I, that, and that was me. That so, was me and I would never change that. You know? Seamus, here's a good example. So um, one, of, yeah, one, of the, ahead, please. one of the people in, in our chat, people that are watching live are – you remember Matt Biggs, of course, uh, one of the drummers and Seamus even did this to drummers, the lowly, lowly drummers that nobody cares about. She Matt says this. He says, Seamus made me call him when I got home from rehearsal after driving through the night and getting home at like 3 a.m. Because Matt lived in Utah. He would drive to Southern California yep. for rehearsal over the weekend. And then <laughs> and he was like, call me when you Seamus was always like, call me when you get home. Let me know you're home. Like he did the same to me. He did everybody, all the out of towners. There was a few of us, quite a few of us. Uh, and, uh, <laughs> that's exactly who Seamus is. Like call me when you get home. I want to know. I don't care what time it is. Call me. Let me know you're home. <laughs> that's, I don't know. And I, and I maybe that Eddie. works. It's exactly what I did. It's because I cared. You're my mates. You're my family. I want to make sure you get back. Okay. Right. right. You no, know? it's, 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 it, it made me, it makes me feel good. The fact that you did get home. Okay. Because you did come all the way out there. You had a great practice, a good exhaustion. I want to make sure you get home safely. Yeah. Seamus was yeah. all about sweating, and I don't know why. He loved a good sweat. Sweating is important. He liked uh -uh. a good sweat. Hey, you're you got you got a good sweat on this weekend, yeah, right? If you're, if you're not, if you're not sweating, you're not doing it. Remember all the stuff. Hey, 
The one thing I did, Josh, I would remember that. The one thing I told Norma, if I here, and, and most bands don't follow this, and, and, and Andy can contest it because he was there to see it all. I made it a point where you were. The, this is the only band that you get to come in and practice and get paid to practice and go home and do your business because I paid for everything. Norma and I sacrificed for the band. Not pay, pay for in, uniforms that people couldn't buy. I pay for the lunches, the dinners, and everything we could do. I pay for it, right, Andy? And all you had mm-hmm. to do is go home and do your homework. Right. So you, you were getting paid to come into the practices, in a sense, to have stuff down. And don't let me down because I know you can do it. And I'll take care of your ride. I will take care of you. And you just go, you just play music and, ha- and, and enjoy the ride. Because right. I didn't believe in doing parades. Right. I wanted you to learn the music. I wanted you to understand how to play your bagpipe better. That's what it was all about. So I didn't care. So Norman and I foot that bill for a long time. And a lot of people contest to say, hey, I've never been in a band that not only does love you and cares about you, but I feel like I'm going home and getting paid to practice because I got to get ready because I don't have to do anything else. That's what I wanted, Josh. That's what I wanted from every player that came into the band because I foot the bill. I wanted everyone to work hard and practice the right way. Sweat it out. Have your water bottle. Have your sweat towel. But you still go to work. Still do what you're doing. You don't have to do extra things because I'm paying for that. I want you to come in and play the music well, have a good time, play strong, and go home with good exhaustion. Pay in blood, pay in sweat. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And it was exhausting. There was uh, no doubt. So, so we by no means need to end the live stream. We can keep that going. We can hang out with the audience, do whatever. Uh, the audio recording version, we do have to close out because mm-hmm. we're, we're just at that threshold where it's going to be long. I would like to go around the room uh, and kind of on the topic of Pipe and his family, starting with... Fusco, you want to do you first, me first, but Seamus has to be last. We know this. <laughs> you go first. You, I'll I go always first. go first. Okay. So on the subject of pipe band, his family, um, I have grown up in a pipe band. It was it was an incredible part of my life. Uh, I enjoy it and regret it simultaneously every day. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't tr- trade these people for anything in the world. And more importantly, I think it's just like you know, think about it. Think about it as your family. It's it's not the people you get to choose. Sometimes, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. uh, I I always call my friends the family I choose. But yeah, it's 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 a weird brotherhood. It's a weird thing that you go into. And um, I don't know. Sometimes I've been great about checking up on everyone, and sometimes I haven't. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you that's know, it's, we, it's something to continuously work on. That's why we have Tyree in the band. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well. But, yeah, uh, but yeah, Sco, what are your, itself, what are your thoughts, man? man? the honor right there. Yep. My thoughts are this. Um, you're right. Your family is your family, and your friends are the family you choose. And Pipe Band is somewhere in the middle. And very often, many of the pipe banders I've uh, had the pleasure of playing with over the years have become brothers and or sisters just through pain. (laughs) Through the pain of living through Seamus, I have many brothers and sisters. Uh, Of course, Daryl and Hoinicke are the most uh, 
current and consistent. <laughs> but there's there's quite a few beyond those two. Um, and <laughs> sorry, Randy. No, good it's job. okay. You're doing good. You're doing good. Matthew. And even yeah. Las Vegas pipe band guys or whatever they we were at the time. Yourself, Josh, of course, Graham. Uh, Danny, Eric Pulaski. Uh, yeah, Pulaski. Like, some of my favorite people. and Tyree, Daniela, well, Billy. Yeah. yeah. Well, like Cahill. Cahill, one of my favorite people on earth. Is, yeah, Cahill. Uh, yeah, yeah. Pulaski. Who I met at a pipe school. <laughs> you know, it's just people who were brought together by this similar um, appreciation of this crazy goddamn instrument. And uh, I, I absolutely agree that once you're in this life, like some people get out, but for the most part, <laughs> every time I try to get out, they drag me back in. <laughs> uh, but I don't think I'd ever leave. I I love it too much. I love the music too much, and and I really just want the best for our local organization as well as others that perform this thing. And uh, I like, I, and I guess this I, the final thing I'd say is uh, I'd like to uh, thank Seamus directly, personally, and professionally as one of the more significant influences at least in me getting my shit together let's put it that way i'm not that great piper and i'll never be seamus coined the the technician as we used to call him fingers mcbone uh, <laughs> the shame bone the shame bone uh this guy's got fingers like you wouldn't fucking believe let me tell you i've experienced that personally in the deep dark recesses of the night at seamus's house uh <laughs> <laughs> please, please tell me he didn't finger you. <laughs> he fingered something. Oh, I, don't know. I love it, Andy, but uh, yeah, no. But thanks, Seamus, for uh, being you because you are quite the character, and uh, it's it's awesome to be uh, under your wing, if you will. But well, and there's there's no way we don't have him back because we barely scratched the surface oh, of so the shit much. that we had. <laughs> but uh, Seamus, okay. uh, if you'd be so kind, pipe in his family. Your final thoughts, brother, and that's going to close us out. Yeah, sure. Um, I, I, you know, I say, guys, what you're doing is, is really a, a beautiful thing. You know, it's aside from the you know, aesthetics and, and the funniness and the, and the, and the you know, <laughs> uh, callow remarks that you, you guys put out there. I mean, you know, it's you get you're a good team. It's nice that you do that. Um, and you know, I, 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 I enjoyed you know doing you know helping Andy quite a lot you know he, he was part of the family he'll always be part of the family and i've always made it a mission in my life you know to teach people and to do their best and to, to push them as, as, as hard as they could be pushed and to know that they should believe in themselves know that they can do it as opposed to thinking that they can't and i was a person to, to drive that more than most and uh and be more of a coach as opposed to an instructor and, you know, and, and enjoy what you want to do since you, you want to play pipes, you want to do well with it. Um, let me take it down the path. But at the same time, as you're going down the path, enjoy what you can do and what you believe that you can do. And, you know, make that part of what you're doing. And that's that's the whole that's the whole that's the that's the point. You know, it's not just being a great clinician or a great musical player. And being one of the finest in the world, this is what you can do to to touch other other people's soul, to, to, to do things that they think they can't do. And I've done it a long time, or close to forty years of teaching guys. Um, you know, whether it was in my dad's garage in '82 to where it is now, and a little before that, um, I learned a lot by teaching quite a few people in my life. And um, you know, and, and I, I, I I I like 
to make sure that they do the best that they can possibly do. And that's why I do this, guys. I don't do it because I, I need to do it. Um, I come out with music because I love doing it. Um, my explorations of what I've done in the last couple of months, Andrew, as you've been seeing on my site, mm -hmm. is that I'm trying to, um, you know, culminate a lot of players that are sitting around, but probably not playing pipes as much as they could. And I kind of want to just pay it forward. It's honestly what I'm doing is paying it forward and, and say, guys, it's, it's not just the Jack Lee and Bruce Gandis and Seamus Coins out there just doing recordings and just playing our pipes because we want to play them. And all that, I, I have a lot of good brotherhood of people out there that, hey, please, I'm not going to be the only one playing pipes. Let's do something. Um, my course of what I put on my site, the Seamus Citadel, which you've seen out there, is to take the finest players in the world, to play a few tunes, and entertain the world. Seriously, right. forget about the world solos and the pipe band championship. Just entertain the world and, and, and play a few tunes and have fun doing it. Right. And... Um, you know, and I, and I talked to Norma about that, and she thought it was a great idea. And uh, so far, guys, I've been influx with a lot of emails and, and messengers of Seamus, great thing, man. This is pretty cool what you're doing and how you're putting it together. And because uh, I don't want to be the only one out there sweating out and just doing what I do best and what, what I'm putting together and what I like doing. I kind of like to have, have a brotherhood and sisterhood of people to go out and why don't you help us, guys? Don't just sit around and just watch what we're doing and, until such time as we do come back to normal. Right. So that's basically why I'm doing all this. And, uh, and I'm enjoying it. And I think what you guys are doing is great on your show. Um, you guys are fantastic characters. Uh, <laughs> you're meant to be characters. together. I mean, if we talk about the odd couple of the 21st century, you two <laughs> would be definitely it. You know, um, you know it, it's just that I, I, I like what you're doing and, and, and the passion you have, Andy, and the same with you, Josh. It's, it's, it's really cool. It's really good. And I sincerely mean that. You know, Thanks, um, we don't Appreciate say it. a lot in life, but I'm going to come out and tell you. You know, it's just, I like, you know, it's fun. It might not be for some, but you love it and you do it. And it's not for I everybody. support you. And, just like pipes. and it's good that you guys keep it going. That's Thanks, the man. bottom line. And I really respect you guys for doing that. And I love you both. Thank you very I much. I know you, you've had a lot of shameless in your life. And, um, you know, and I appreciate, your, you know, your, your thoughts, your stories. And uh, <laughs> I mean, I've had, I've had about five inches you know? less of Seamus. So, <laughs> oh, I've gotten it all. I've got all of Seamus. But <laughs> Seamus, do me a favor. To close this out, you wrote a great tune. And I just want you to play it for us. The Stuart Little tune that you wrote for Piping Hot Summer Drummer. Oh, God. Um, oh, you know it. This is classic. Uh, the people here are big fans of Stuart Little. We've had him on the show, but it's a great uh, tune. Have you ever heard the Stuart Little I have tune? Not heard the, I have not heard the tune. This well, is... why don't you tell the story? I mean, I apologize. I haven't. You know, since I played that, Andy, yeah. since I played that and it became his tune. Right. Uh, the story behind that, but I don't know if you knew the story, but the story behind that was basically a tune that Seamus crazily has written, but no title to it. Right. And I approached Steve McWhorter, and we're just kind of just chilling out, piping hot. It was during that time in 2016. And uh, he says, do you have a title for this? And I said, no, I don't, Steve. I just kind of play it because it's a cool thing. It's funny, and it's just kind of my Seamus going doing his, doing right. his deed. Yeah. Um, why don't we call it, you know, Liddell's Fancy? Right. <laughs> And I didn't think of it at the time, honestly, Andy. I didn't think of it at the time. It was a Sunday afternoon, and we just kind of talked about it. He says, well, why don't we do that? Because that's something you would love to play. And I said, you know, Steve, hey, fair enough. 
that's what it is. And he looked at me and he goes, no, seriously, if that's the title you want on it, let's do it. And since then, I kind of rolled it um, to start taking it over and doing his deed with it. Sure. And I, and as much as I did a lot with it before that, um, you know, I am going to, I, I deliberately have not recorded that Andy on my, on my tunes that I put on my site and all that, because <laughs> you got to take he's done a good job with it, you know, and I kind of <laughs> let Stuart take the story and go with it and roll with it and put his taste to it and do what he wants with it that I have deliberately not put. Seamus, have you ever thought about putting Liddell's fancy out there? Well, okay. It was done a piping hot. It was started with everything. But I said, well, I like Stuart took it over and he did his deed with it. And I kind of left it there. But people have asked me, would you do it? Let's do, let's so do it. Let's do it right now. This let's, is, let's make it official. Yeah, this is gonna. This is how we're going to play ourselves out of the audio recording. Correct. Go ahead. Play it for us, Seamus, because it's pretty fun. It's really fun. Because you're going to have to do me a favor and make sure that I know where to cut when I'm doing the audio. And then the live stream, we can let run. Yeah, well, it'll be right after this. Go ahead, Seamus. Go play this for us. It's all you. <laughs> Superb. Bit of a very, bit of a polka feel. Guys, it's very yeah. You. It's so very like, oddball, which is great. All right, guys. And on that note, I'm going to go ahead and play us out.